It's the nighttime show. Tonight, we have our head writer, Matt Walker, the voice of the nighttime show, myself, Mike Black, our very special guest, writer of The Late Show with David Letterman, Seinfeld, and currently on car matchmaker, Mr. Spike Barriston. And now, the man whose balls are the tiniest in four galaxies, <laughs> Stephen Kramer Glickman! Yeah! Well done, Mike Black. Well done. How are you, buddy? You good? I'm fine. <laughs> you look good. I, yeah. <laughs> you, look, you look great. I'm getting almost the amount of nutrients I need. Yeah. Ooh, very sexy. There you go. Um, yeah, things have been uh, good, man. We went to go see uh, Neon Demon last night. Uh, yeah. uh, very uh, terrifying. Is that a metal band? No, uh, no it, but it should be. be. It yeah. probably should be. Yeah, it was Because uh, we could book good. them on the live show. Yeah, we could. It was we a could. lot of really pretty people not fucking. Yeah. But coming close to it. You're like, and yeah. doing much weirder shit instead. Yeah. Hmm. Keanu Reeves was in it. I was happy. Every time he came on screen, everyone went, Keanu! Like, the whole yeah. room was very happy to see him. It was really, uh, it was really, really hey, great. Hey, Keanu Reeves uh, is in my show this season. Oh, he is really. Speaking of that, all right. Well, let's wow. let's uh, I wanna, let's announce. I don't want to interrupt your flow. No, no, <laughs> no we got to no. talk about you. Gotta, I got to bring that up. That's it is awesome. a, it is an absolutely <laughs> incredible thing that we have you here today, and uh, uh, you like I'm I'm a big fan of your work. We've all been a big fan of your mm-hmm. work for a lot of different reasons. Uh, Late Show with David Letterman. A lot of us grew up watching that show, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, Late Show with David Letterman. I know that you you worked a little bit on Seinfeld. Uh, Three seasons. I'm of a massive fan of Space Ghost Coast to Coast, and I know so that you worked on me that too. A, a, yeah. a little bit. And that was I worked close. on it because I was a fan of it. Oh God, yeah. so cool. Yeah. And then of course Seinfeld. Absolutely incredible. We're all huge fans, but you know what? I'm I love uh, I love talk show with Spike Ferris, and I loved that Thank show you. when it was on. I Thank really you. enjoyed it. Yes, and uh, it's the Star Trek of late night shows. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few seasons, but people it. remember it. You crushed yeah. it, and then you, you bounced, and you left the record, and then no, no, I got canceled. Let's not let's not beat about the bush. They canceled my ass, but, but well, we did well. Record setting, longest running late night talk That's show in right. of Fox. Yes, yes. absolutely, yes. and uh, Car Matchmaker, which is a great show, which you host season on, three. On here Esquire. we go. Amazing. Right Are you in production on that right now? Uh, no, we're, we're airing the third season right now. We're right in the middle of the season. Wow. Yeah. Um, incredible. Well, we're going to get to all of this, but let's start at the beginning. Where where did you uh, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Uh, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Born in Fall River. Now, that's uh, Lizzie Borden's hometown. You know what? Yes. My dad <laughs> used to play in Lizzie Borden's backyard. Oh, really? No yeah. Way. He used to talk about that. When I was what? a kid- I remember watching uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents a rerun, and he did like an opening poem where he did the Lizzie Borden took an axe. Right, that poem. right, yep. And then we were going to Boston on vacation mm-hmm. that summer, and we were driving. Whatever, I was like, hey, can we go to the the town where Lizzie Borden killed her parents, Fall River? <laughs> and we oh my went. God, how and old were you? <laughs> Eleven. Oh maybe 12, God, right? explain so much. So we about went, him. and then terrifying. Uh, we stopped by the Fall River Historical Society, and they had just closed. We missed them by, like, five minutes. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, an 80-year-old woman that worked there. We banged on the door, and we're like, we're from California. We're never going to get a chance to come back here. Can we just come in and take a look around for a couple minutes? So she let us in, and we took a, we took a look around, and we got to see, wow. like, a bloody sheet with uh, her parents' blood on it. It was pretty cool. Oh, man. In fairness, most people in Fall River kill their parents. So <laughs> for us, it's not such a big deal. That's kind of the vibe you're growing up. The other up. famous person I think of from Fall River is uh, Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf. From <laughs> oh, that's right. From Fall River. That's right. Oh, wow. I didn't know that till I did the wrap-up show, with, and Bubba Booey yeah. told me that. That's yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So I'm an esteemed company. Yeah. You really are. <laughs> Having been yeah, born Absolutely. There. But you have yes. to be the favorite son coming out of there now. I don't know. <laughs> Hank the Angry Dwarf. That's pretty good. <laughs> the greatest that's, I 
would vote for him. Of all time. He yeah, really of course. Really there you yeah. go. His statue is going up pretty mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. It's not a very big one, but a no. statue nonetheless. It's a, it's a yeah. small statue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was there? People in your family that were in the entertainment industry? Or no, not? my dad thought he was. He was. My dad was a salesman, <laughs> and my mom was a nurse. They're, you know, blue collar folks. But I, yeah, I didn't know anybody in show business. What did we, he sell? Like novelty advertising before there was a cafe press, he was the guy oh. who would go to an area of business and go here, your your gas station with your calendar on it. You oh, know, yeah. yeah, you know. Uh, I know it, people in that business today. Like I don't know how they <laughs> still do it, but I know people. I don't, he wasn't really doing it back then, but yeah. <laughs> that's what he did. But he was a huge fan of comedy, so yeah. um, you know he'd wake us up and go, "You got to watch your show Saturday Night Live. You got to check out, you know, this George Carlin album." When and I'm talking, we were like pretty little kids, like yeah. ten years old. Steve Martin, you know, Chaplin, just, you know, all the greats and then all the British stuff. Um, pretty frustrated uh, comedy guy. Wow. He, he blamed us, actually, that he didn't <laughs> really? go into comedy. He said, if I didn't have kids, I, w- I would <laughs> I be as famous as Jerry Lewis. My my mom is a, is a very funny lady mm-hmm. and real dirty and says real <laughs> dirty shit to people. And she does. I, oh, God, said, absolutely. I mean, the whole thing when she said to you after she dated a black man, Oh, yeah. One of my favorite things. She dated a black guy, and then right after she dated a black guy, she goes, you know, Stephen, you know what they say about these about the black guys? I go, Mom, Mom, I don't need to know. And she goes, no, it don't. You get your mind out of the gutter. Their penises are enormous. That was, like, and her, that was her timing. That was, and we were just sitting in the kitchen. I was like, this is, it's unbelievable. Oh. It's always been like that. Yeah. And whenever we have, like, a family dinner, mm-hmm. someone reminds her, like, tells her, go, you have to tell the story about the horse and the, you know, know cowboy or whatever and then she's got this amazing story that like and that's kind of how i got into it into how, why was your mom dating i, I don't understand she, oh, my, <laughs> my dad's been gone since i was like young oh, okay and so my mom dead or just left, oh, oh, left. Just left. he left. just took just off left. he was right. like he looked took two looks at me and he was like <laughs> i can't i can't with this kid like she she's always been like like when she dates, you know, uh, you know, we, when we were down, we were just in San Diego, and I said um, there was a guy who lived, and this is too long a story, but there was a guy who lived down the street, and he was a, uh, a what's it called, a, a hoarder, mm-hmm. and she almost went out on a date with him, and then last minute decided not to go out with him, and then two weeks later he died, and they found him living in his house, surrounded by like you know uh, wow. newspapers and Did you know she soda cans. Was a hoarder? Uh, she. That's why she said no. That's why she decided to, okay. to say I think no. That's, that's a that's a good red that's flag fair. to have. Yeah, that's yeah. a reasonable yeah. red flag. I yeah. said, I said to her, "Thank God you didn't have sex with him." She goes, "To have sex with him? What are you talking about? I, we never even went out." I go, "Mom, I know you. You went out with him <laughs> once." Well, you she know what they to, say you know. about hoarders. Yeah. No, mom, you have cavernous assholes. Right? What, what do you mean? Well, she had the story about the guy at McDonald's. Oh yeah, that was like the cleaning guy at McDonald's when she used to work there. Planning kids parties and yep. then hooked up with them at the yep. McDonald's. She hooked up with this is your mom. My mom. Yeah. Yeah. How many wow. kids in the family? Just me and my sister. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you protect same dads yeah. that she knows? Of. Yeah. Same dads. <laughs> same dads. Yes. And this guy's still gone. But she, yeah, still yeah. gone. Yeah. But I she, can't comprehend this. She, she would pull this move like uh, she would take me to this comedy club in Oceanside and sneak me in the back door so I right. could sit there and watch uh, stand-up comics when I was a kid. Oh, wow. There that go. was like how I got into stand-up. Was Where's the dad, know. though? He's never reached He's, out. He's not listening right now. No, may, he might be. Going, if you're Maybe listening, I should you get know back what you did touch. wrong. You know what you did wrong, Dad. <laughs> Come get some of this podcast money. <laughs> it's going to be a Lindsay Lohan situation right. in a couple of years. He's going to surface like, any I minute. I 70,000 gas stations. None of them had cigarettes. <laughs> Couldn't find any anywhere. Funny so. new cigarettes. What awful. about uh, aunts and uncles? Did you have funny other funny people in 
in your life? No, you know, I, I didn't, I can look back and connect the dots right now to all this, but How back it? then it was just, you know, Massachusetts is a pretty funny place, yeah. you know, and I grew up in a town, uh, West Bridgewater, after we left Fall River. Uh, had a, you know, it was, they had a prison there, Bridgewater Correctional Institute. That's right. pretty much the big thing that was going on in town. So, you know, all my friends were kind of Irish ball busting, you know, guys, yeah. and that just seemed like, well, we're all funny. We all like funny stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's go see Blazing Saddles. That looks funny. And, you know, I just thought yeah. the world was like that. It, it wasn't until, you know, now that I look back that I go, wow, well, I guess, you know, my dad parking me in front of all this comedy and, you know, then watching tv and now it makes sense that i'm in the tv trying to get his attention <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah, right course, doing comedy course. now it right. kind of all makes sense but yeah. did you uh did you do like like live theater did you work on things when you like write plays this or write, is a very massachusetts know, story all right tell so, me tell me ninth how it goes grade down. you know you're i'm pretty look at me i'm not a big guy right so i'm getting bullied pretty much up to the ninth grade right gotcha. i'm terrified daily about everything and football players the I, know, I know the feeling right <laughs> But I'm in a small school, and you know, I very quickly uh, pick up a guitar and start uh, taking guitar lessons and start playing in a band. Now girls like me, and now the football players like me, and now I'm gonna. Why don't I try out to perform in the uh, in the in the, the school play, which Ooh. I get the lead in the play. What now, was the play? More girls, and I, I don't remember. It's okay. just it's something that the teachers wrote. <laughs> right, but, right. It was not you know enemy of the people or that nice yeah. Roderick right, Gibson right, right. drama. It was you know <laughs> sure. your emotions and a leotard. And Signs and oh my you know, god, it was awful. Emotional oh stress was the name of one oh of the plays. Oh god, really? Yes. Wow, yeah. holy crap! Razzle dazzle them. Do you know this? You don't know. Oh this. no, no, I'm no. a big musical theater. I went to school for theater. Is that that's, a real play? That's a real. I don't know if it's a. That's a real no. Play. It but can't I, be. It sounds like a thing. But I was singing, dancing, and being funny, and I had a. You know, a, a classic rock band, but I also had a funny band called the Lunatic Fringe, oh and I was pretty God. much the sole entertainment for this high school, and it kept me safe. It really kept yeah. me safe. Wow. And, and when I when I left the school and went to Boston, I just thought, well, when I take this cool part playing uh, rock and roll, and I'll go to Berkeley College of Music, and now I'll just be a rock star. And like the first day I was there, I was like, "Fuck! I have uh, wildly overestimated my talent. <laughs> you know, this is going to be awful. It's just all guys, and they're all like me from small towns." And I just got psyched out. So I hid there for about three years before I came across David Letterman on TV, and just you know, literally just went, "This is the only place I can work. I've got to get out of this school system, sure. this music school, and I've got to go work for the show. It's yeah. it's where I'm supposed to be." And I didn't know much more than that. Damn, son, you just hit with the wow effect. Hey, guys, what's going on? It's me, Stephen Kramer Glickman, and uh, I want to talk to you about something awesome. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of people here in Los Angeles that are smoking these vapes, all right? But uh, people are people are loving the vapes. People are vaping. They're vaping, and they're enjoying the vapes. But you know what? Guess what? You're doing it wrong, all right? Here's why. Because there is a better company a better way of doing it, a better way to handle your business. It's a company called blackoutx.com, blackoutx.com, blackoutx.com. V 2.0 wax and oil disposables. What is that? What is that you ask? Well, normally it's uh, about 45 bucks, about 50 bucks. Not anymore. 29.95. These guys are killing the game. All right, Blackout X devices. Okay, we're introducing the first and only refillable disposable. It's refillable and disposable vape pen 
on the market. It can handle e-liquid, oil, soft wax. Be the first to use one of these amazing vape products on the market today. Version 2 includes a better wick system for wax and better airflow and intake people love this stuff okay i'm not playing around guys this is the real stuff people are really really enjoying it and uh don't be left out in the uh don't be left out flapping in the wind psych because the wrong number I, i don't know what that i don't know what that was but don't be don't be left out fly flapping in the wind Okay, with all your vape friends, everybody's like, oh, I have a cool disposable one that I have to throw in the garbage. Well, you're doing it wrong. Smoke weed every day. Basically, this is the way to make. <laughs> I can't even play that clip without laughing. That's really it's really great. Um, Guys, it's a it, it's really phenomenal stuff. Uh, it's great for e-liquid or oil, soft wax. Uh, it's got a nice lip shape design. Uh, it's, it has a refillable clear tank. It's easy to use. It's easy to fill. No odor. I mean, people are gonna you know people are gonna go nuts over this. And uh, it's it also has the silicone ring on the outside of it to avoid leakage. So it's I mean, you're not gonna get anything better than this. This is the best. It's the best that ever was, and it's the best that ever will be. Um, and guess what? We're going to do a little cool thing for our fans. For you guys, 15% off coupon, little 15% off promo code, and free shipping when you spend over $20, which, you know, you spend $20 all the time on a bunch of stupid stuff. Now it's time to spend it on something amazing. All right. So uh, use this uh, promo code SKG15. 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 Over at, uh, over there, over there on that website, over on blackoutx.com. And uh, go pick up yourself something nice. Go get yourself a little nice thing. You deserve it. Go get yourself a treat, okay? It's blackoutx.com. 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 How did you end up uh, at Letterman? Like, did you move to New York? It was uh, uh, I was bartending at Legal Seafoods in Park Plaza, and they hired a new hostess from New York who happened to be dating a graphics guy for David Letterman. I mean, oh, just a complete geez. crazy coincidence. And I knew this because she walked in that day with a Letterman jacket on, and I just oh, ran. Man. You know, I was bartending. I just <laughs> ran over the bar, and I just said, "Can I have that jacket?" <laughs> she said, "No, that's my jacket." I go, "Okay." Could you get me an internship on on Letterman? She goes, yeah, I uh, it was uh, just broke <laughs> up with the graphics fine, guy, yeah. David Letterman. He still loves me. Sure, I'll call him up. What's your name? Hi, I'm wow. Spike. <laughs> or Michael at that point. That's a yeah. power move. To and and try boom, and get the jacket first and then get the. <laughs> That's all I really wanted. I wasn't sure. quite as serious. I didn't know how to get from Boston to New York. But once she got me that internship in 30 Rock and I was... How quickly did you buy that jacket once uh, you were there? No. You know what? I, I got it. it after I finished my internship at Letterman. I, oh, I did so. a couple of internships. One was in the graphics department at 30 Rock and it was just you know mm-hmm. finding pictures for both shows. And then went back to Boston for a little while and came back, did an internship for Letterman. And somewhere in there, Lori Diamond, Dave's assistant, brought out that jacket and said, "This is for you." Oh, is that it's an a, incredible moment? Insane. Is that a Letterman's Letterman jacket? No, yeah, it's the yellow one. Remember the yellow, like the yellow first sleeves. one with the yellow sleeves, the yeah. varsity so jacket, like a varsity Letterman's jacket. Yeah, okay. but it was That's the cool. the one I had been seeing on television, yeah. and to me, still, television was just this thing you watched. Like you'd never dream that you would meet any of these people or even go to the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
it was such a far away thought yet you know there was a li- i was a little obsessed with like i just think this is what i'm supposed to be doing and once i you know was there working around these people i saw this comedy writer job and i saw their paychecks and i saw <laughs> that geez what do you do and he goes i just watch a lot of tv and i went geez so me too that's yeah. all i did and you know i started writing jokes and it, it you know it worked you know oh, wow. yeah did you ever Bizarre. do stand up no no I, during the late night show i did after after that show, I did a little bit, but but no, I just started, uh, really just started grinding on weekend update jokes for Dennis mm-hmm. Miller, and wow. that's where yeah. I first learned how to write jokes. Wow, awesome. Who was uh who was in the cast when you worked on SNL? It's a great crew. It's Dana Carvey and Kevin Nealon and Jan Hooks and um, <laughs> those were like the very best years. Ben, really yeah, well, when you were there, you weren't thinking that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you were like, oh, Belushi and yeah. Bill Murray, and yeah. that's yeah. what everybody was talking yeah. about and thinking there. But, you know, then you had Phil Hartman, Conan O'Brien was a new writer, Smigel, um, Ben awesome. Stiller was new yeah. wow. as a featured player, never really connected there. But, you know, everybody was somebody or turned out to be somebody pretty much. Yeah. Did Farley come in when you guys were still he was there? He was later on. Yeah. So a- after that, I went to write for David Letterman. I would, you know, I really had kind of nothing to do. So I'd go back and hang out and do like little under fives on Saturday Night Live on the weekend. What does that mean, under fives? You know, just little extra parts. Right. You know, oh, I just didn't oh, want, yeah. I just thought I'll yeah. just show up and if you guys can put me in sketches. So I was in a couple sketches with lines, like I did a, a sketch with Spade. Um, where we were playing two twin, I can't remember the name of the guys, that they were the two uh, singers with long blonde hair. Um, yeah. Nelson? Remember. Nelson Brothers. Yeah. I was yeah. Nelson Brothers. Yeah. Very good. And, uh, you know, I was just such a fan of both of these shows. I sure. would do anything for anybody, you know? Oh, God. I would even just go and fucking get cheeseburgers for people <laughs> just, to, like, <laughs> just to watch the show work because it was always just great to be, you know, backstage watching SNL happen, you know? That's so awesome. Kevin Nealon's out here in L.A. and yeah. performs yeah. constantly. At the no, I know. Yeah. Still just as funny. God, so as funny. As he always was. How was everybody? How, like, I mean, Phil Hartman must have been an, an unbelievable person to work yeah, with. Yeah, he was obviously a huge, huge talent. Um, I wasn't as close to him, um, Who were but you I hung to? out with him. Mostly the production staff and the other, P- other PAs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I hung out with Jan Hooks a lot and... Uh, it was always like party related. <laughs> yeah. You just be at the rap party. Hey, let's go to Jan Hook's house. All right, sure. This is great. Oh, Jan yeah. Hook's house. Hey, Phil Hartman's here. <laughs> Hi, Phil. But it was such a sweet, you know, group of people. And they were always hilarious. Lovitz was there too. I'm sure you've seen oh, that guy yeah. around. Yeah. Hello, Spike. He had a club here in LA. You will forever be known as the intern to me. <laughs> Uh, how when did a uh, when did a uh, Dana Carvey show come around? Was that after? That was after, right? Yeah. You know, because I I think I had done yeah. a season of Seinfeld, and I caught the show, and it blew me away. And I remember at the end, of, Seinfeld was ending right about April, and we had a month off to relax. And I called my agents and said, "Hey, can you get me on that show?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> they go, "What do you mean?" They go, "It's not doing well." I go, "It's the." funniest show i've ever seen and louis ck is my friend is on it and i would just you know i'd love to do anything on it yeah so weirdly i got a call back from my agent it doesn't happen a lot they go, sure we got you the job on that show oh you can show god. up and i'm like oh my god that's incredible and i'm wondering why he goes well you know seinfeld and i'm like what about it you know it still didn't you know i was a program consultant on this show i was the new guy yeah, yeah. two episodes that it didn't matter so uh, Steve O'Donnell and I were, you know, partnered on Space Ghost and other stuff. He was the former head writer of Letterman. So I said, hey, come with me and we'll go as a writing team and we'll just have some fun instead of taking a vacation. Let's go write for this show. 
And when we, uh, I remember when we showed up, we, you know, I saw Smig on these guys, said hi, I was like, this is going to be great. And there was this ABC executive there, and she, you know, took us aside, and she said, oh, you know, I'm so happy you guys are here. And we're like, oh, great. She goes, yeah, he goes, He's, you know, they really need someone to come in here and take over the show <laughs> and make it work. Ooh, and I oh said, God. wow, well. No pressure. <laughs> I'm not here to do that. I, I yeah. love everything they're doing. <laughs> I think there's been a miscommunication. Like, Ooh. whatever Smile and Louis say, I'm going to do. And she turned white. Oh, <laughs> oh no. And, I, you know, obviously <laughs> yeah. some shenanigans had gone on, you know, as far as getting me that job. Like, these guys are going to come in to, to fix it, maybe. But oh, that was God. never said to me, and <laughs> nor I'm sure to anybody else, that, wow. you know. And, you know, we were just like, you know, we hope you pick our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that was our attitude. We hope you pick our stuff. So, um, I don't want to jump back to to you know, I don't want to jump back too far. But Letterman, when you were working on on Letterman, was that, uh, you know, like at what point in your career did like everybody in your life start kind of clamoring and kind of going like, oh my god, you're you're working on the show, you're on the show. Like, huh. when did when did everyone around you kind of start getting? Excited? What do you mean? You know, like, just like family and friends and people like that. Like, what at what point did did people start kind of reaching out and kind of saying like, oh my god, you're on this? Thing. Uh, I don't know if that ever happened with that show. I I, I don't know. My I, you know, I I think. It was all pretty exciting to my family just being in New York, you know, right. just being the intern guy. You know, I could call up and go, hey, you're not going to believe this. I saw Herb Sargent who runs <laughs> the writing for Weekend Up. No way. You know, it was always very exciting that we were part of it. But, you know, I don't remember anybody other than, you know, my brother Wally and, you know, my mom and dad just being excited for me. Did people call Oh, you know, I guess there were, there were moments like when, you know, we did a – um. Mother's Day stories, staff Mother's Day stories with Letterman. And everybody mm -hmm. came, he told the story, and it had some funny ending. And, and, and my mom, uh, a story with my mom got picked. And I, I remember saying to Dave, you know, my dad is not going to put up for this. You know, if I put my mom in the show, I need to put him in. <laughs> and Dave's like, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll have one dad there. He can just be, uh, I don't know, putting sour cream on his face with a butter knife. And I'm like, great, he'll do that. It'll be totally fine. <laughs> so those moments, like when, you know, we'd be, we were in Patsy's, and I'm sitting at a table with my my parents and Dave, those were pretty oh amazing God. and stressful moments yeah. for many. Like, <laughs> that sounds nerve-wracking yeah. and uh, wonderful. Well, yeah, because I know my father is going to misbehave any fucking second, oh, yeah. and, which he does. Of course. Yeah. of course. He does. He, you know, so we're telling the stories. I, t I don't remember what the story is with my mom, but it's all going well. It's just, you know, eight staffers and cameras and Dave, your boss, who can fire you every nine weeks. So, you know. Oh, my God. And then there's my dad sitting there. And, you know, he's, Dave sets up the joke. We get all these moms. And we have one dad over there, Mr. Ferriston. They cut to him smoking a cigarette. So already there's one funny cutaway of him, right? Great. And then, um, you know, 30 minutes into the shoot, Dave goes, uh, I can see him whisper something to Hal, and Hal goes over to my dad and he goes, uh, Dave would uh, like you to shave sour cream off your face with a butter knife. <laughs> <laughs> and I see my father getting angry, and I'm like, oh, fuck. And, you know, Hal walks away to Dave, and um, my father comes up and he goes, are, you, are they making fun of me? Why the fuck are, you know, he starts getting mad. What, they're making fun of the way I look? Is that why he wants me to shave sour cream off my face with a butter knife? Now he's mic'd up, and Dave oh, and Hal shit. have headphones on, and they're looking over, and I'm like, this this is my fault that yeah. I let the, I let the lion into the, the, the hen house, right? Or whatever yeah. the analogy is there. Yeah. And now Dave comes over, geez, I'm very sorry. He's apologizing oh, to my father. My I mean, it's just oh, exactly no. what I feared, you know, like, 
you know. So, wow. I don't know. Oh yeah, no. I Good know. times. I brought my mom to a Kids Choice Award event because I was working for Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. and uh, Seema, the president of Nickelodeon, this woman was standing there, and I go, "Mom, I want you to meet the president of Nickelodeon. This is Seema. Uh, Seema, this is my mom." And my mom goes, "Seaman." <laughs> and she goes, no, 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 Seema. And my mom goes, Seaman. And she goes, Seema. And my mom goes, that's your name? She goes, uh-huh. And my mom goes, you can change it. And I was like, oh, oh God. Oh, oh no. why is this happening? Why are you doing this, Mom? Why would you do this? It was, it was so great. Was this so- is a whole show. Yeah. We could do a whole show with parents showing up to their kids' works <laughs> and hang out with their bosses. Ruining everything. And ruining everything. Oh, right. yeah, absolutely. That would be really great. That would because be, would most be of our parents aren't very trustworthy, and they don't know how to behave, <laughs> no, especially really the older parents that didn't oh, have the sure. Internet. Yeah, they're to awful. the Writers Guild. Register it at once. <laughs> Quickly, yeah, off we go. It. Before uh, this airs, what? Let's uh, can we talk? Can we talk a little bit about? Um, oh wait, I have a question. Oh, yeah, uh, no. Where's the jacket now? Uh, the jacket is in storage. I have in it. Storage. I have it. I I never knew what really. It was an extra large first and foremost, oh, right? Okay. So I can't quite yeah, you're wear not an it. Extra then large I, wearing guy. Yeah, I have not. five of these jackets, which I love. <laughs> I just don't know what to do with them now. You know, if Are I was a different guy, I would put them in my bumper pool room downstairs in the basement, like frame <laughs> them under glass. <laughs> but I don't want to look at that shit. You know, Are they all so- too big to wear? I just don't know what to do with show jackets in general. Like, when is the appropriate place to wear that and where? Hollywood, anytime you want. No, no. Yeah. See, you could well, wear it ironically if I gave it to you, and you could say, totally this would. isn't mine. The problem is, if he wears it out to the bar or something, someone's going to come up and ask him for an interview on some No. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch Silicon Valley with the Pied Piper jacket? Oh, there yeah, you go. That's course. a perfect analogy I for know. the varsity jacket they right there. They bother you with that stuff all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah it's uh, weird. Can we talk? Can we talk about Space Ghost Coast to Coast? Yeah, because sure. Because it's hands down one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I like it I have too. every single yeah. episode in my phone right now. <laughs> uh, I'm not joking. I, whenever I fly, I just watch Space Ghost on the plane. It's like it's a great show to watch on a plane, right? Oh, because so nobody good. else on the plane would get that show and would laugh <laughs> at it, right? Especially yeah. businessmen. It's anti-businessmen yeah. comedy. It really yeah. is. It's real weird. A friend of ours, uh, John Schnepp, was an yeah. editor on the on the show mm-hmm. in the editing room for a little while, and uh, and you know, I was one. It was one of the reasons why I wanted to be friends with him in the first place. <laughs> Um, right. What, and now he knows. And now he knows. <laughs> mm-hmm. How did you end up uh, involved in that show? All right. That's my brother, Wally, who was asked to do an episode first. Um, and he, I didn't even know about the show, but he, he, he called me one day and he said this uh, Cartoon Network, was it? It, it wasn't even Adult Swim yet. It's got this great show. I wrote one. You got to watch it. And it, you know, it was that weird kind of comedy that I just loved to write that didn't I didn't have to explain logic it just had to be logic that I understood oh, right? yeah. and yeah. non sequiturs and everything else and at the time you know Letterman was doing less and less of that you know what I mean yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know in the beginning they were doing jokes like you know uh viewer mail letter what would life be like without the constitution you know yeah. hmm, paul i wonder what life would be like and then you see dave and paul tied to a stake and a, and a rat in a purple satin gown is whipping them but walking around and just making funny poses and then gliss you know glisses back like that to me is like i love jokes like that yeah because there's no reasonable explanation absolutely to, get to that moment absolutely. but it's a very satisfying image and it makes me laugh so uh space ghost is all that right it's, yeah. yeah mostly just Real, in, you know, insanity and stuff that made no sense. So 
I uh, asked my brother, I hope you don't mind, but can I talk to the executive? I, I want to write a couple of these <laughs> in my spare time. I'll do it for free. If you want, call them up and tell them. And uh, that's how I got to it. Oh my now, God. that's a show where they did the interviews first, and then you went back and wrote the questions? Or so here's here's what would happen. Yeah. Um, we're gonna. They'll assign you an episode, mm-hmm. and I'm just now thinking back. They would send you uh, a list of guests mm-hmm. that you could put in the episode, just names. Oh my god, <laughs> amazing! Go. Here they go. You know, <laughs> take as many or as few as you want, but you know, these two or three, and uh, the the voice of Space Ghost would interview them on the tape. So you'd have on the tape, um, uh, Janine Garofalo was was in one of our episodes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Her getting interviewed by the voice of Space Ghost mm-hmm. and him ha- asking mostly normal questions. Right. What's your new show? How old are you? What kind of pants are those? And just go on and, and on and on. Were they and doing then, that just part of a junket, like sort of the junket circuit? I don't know that part. That I don't know that part okay. because they were down in Atlanta, right? So I, I don't know if know. they went to New York or, or what they were doing, but okay. oh, it yeah. seemed like a lot of hip people were – Coming down to be interviewed okay, so by maybe Space Ghost. Like I want to be on that show. Yeah, yeah. This was, that was in Atlanta. Right? And some of it was, I think, some of it was satellite too. So the voice yeah. was, you know, they were being interviewed from Atlanta, but on a satellite feed because really you only need yeah. one side of it. So. And then you could take the responses and write whatever questions you wanted. Okay. And yeah. you know, I think we generally pitched, you know, a little theme of what the episode would be about. And by the end of it, it was never about yeah, what right. you were talking about. It would just go off on tangents and flow. Oh god, really fun! Such a fun show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, really brilliant stuff. Um, I I know uh, Schnepp told us that I guess he had gone on to do some editing right in the beginning, like first season, mm-hmm. second season, first season, and they were trying to. Uh, cut episodes and the guy who was editing and cutting the episodes was doing something like it would take like you know like five six days to cut an episode right and then when john started editing he cut three episodes in one day right and they were like what the fuck is this and they moved that editor the other editor they moved him over to do something else and then he just edited for like the first year and then i guess he Mm -hmm. gave it over does he smoke pot yeah, I think so. Yep, there <laughs> it is. Yeah. That's got to be what it is, because yeah. there's a, a whole cadence to the pot smoking and the comedy in that show. It's real weird, and also using stuff, which I think is so genius, is those quiet moments where they're right. just yeah. not... Just the sound effects of the console. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the looks. And... Yeah, there's so lots of uncomfortable funny. silence on there, which is hilarious. That, yeah. And then when he would break the silence, it would be... Phenomenal, but don't like, you think now a, Tim and Eric have taken over that? Yeah, mental. Oh, yeah. they're the guys who are, who are out there doing, you know, playing with those sounds and those moments and turning them into comedy. It's really hard to do, yeah. to get a laugh. You and know, every, Adult you know, Swim has really tried, and they're all still Atlanta guys. Those mm-hmm. are all still those same guys. They they try really really hard to capture that same kind of essence, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes that's casting you know homeless people as uh, mm-hmm. you know in roles, and then uh, casting them opposite like Oscar winners, right. which they've done <laughs> yeah. repeatedly, which is genius. Like they had Jonah Hill and some you know total lunatic you know guy <laughs> from the from the Ding Dong Show from yeah. the Comedy Store, and they just pair these guys that's up and great. let them go to town, and it's like. It's crazy. Yes. It's, it's a lot of fun. We had a situation on our show where I, I tried to do this. It didn't work as well. <laughs> no. um, where, uh, Well, you know what, though? For the promos, it worked fine. It was, oh, well, it was better for the kind of. It worked better promos, for the promos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, uh, I, on uh, the nighttime show, the live show, we wanted to have uh, a character that's my elderly aunt right. who just sits in the audience and roasts me throughout the show right. and talks yeah. about like how horrible. I, you know, like, what are they paying you in nachos? You know, right. like just mean old lady. 
And uh, and so we hired a woman I found on Craigslist to yes. play my elderly this all aunt. Sounds great so far. And it yeah. was so like for the, when we taped it, it was fantastic. We tried to do it live with a different lady, and it it, it was hard. It was, she she it was, was harder. She improvised. She a just lot. started yeah, she doing her own jokes. She wouldn't do. It, was, it yeah, sounds she do but material. but what makes that work is it not working in front of the audience? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I bet it was, it was really great. fun. If, like the, I if that really audience didn't it. get it, you probably did it. You pulled it off. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Completely. We don't want them to have a good time in that situation. <laughs> no. We want them to be looking at their watch and like, I'm getting out of here. Well, then mission happening. accomplished. We, we did it. <laughs> right? I'm we, very proud of our work then. We opened last month's show by saying uh, that it was uh, like... Uh, like uh, in, 200 years, 200 in, the years in the future. <laughs> and then uh, my giant... Uh, what was it? Cockroaches, Cockroaches were taking, taking over, over the, the world. world, and so Mike right. comes out on stage as me in the future with a giant beard. That's all yeah. like real, like prosthetic, like nice beard, and he's in a janitor suit and he's mm-hmm. sweeping the stage. And he goes, uh, he goes, oh, I remember. What did you say? I well, I was like. I remember when this used to be the improv, and they put on the greatest show of all time. <laughs> and you, back then, you could validate a car for a mere eight dollars instead of a sack of skins of your loved ones. And stuff, and like all, all sorts of weird shit like and that. While he's saying this, we have a guy in a giant cockroach, co- cockroach costume, and we're talking like massive, giant. Yeah. We have to mm-hmm. ship it here. The guy comes out into the audience and goes. Human, get off the stage! <laughs> like yells at him, and the fucking audience was like, "What's happening?" We we're so weirded out. Yeah, but, you know, like that's we all of that. He had a device comes, that was powered that by applause good. To, oh, to make them <laughs> to go back travel in back in time. I was watching because as you walk in here, you see some of the folks that are coming to the improv here, and I was like, well, "I'm not sure I'd want to entertain those guys. <laughs> they don't look oh. like my kind of guys." That's not a bad opening line. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not sure I want to entertain you. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're we're lucky enough that we've been doing our show for for uh, about almost a year. Mm-hmm. We've been doing yeah, it live, God, yeah. which is insane. And like the the audiences we get keep coming back, and they they're like, oh, yeah, they're yours. They know it's yeah. like Adult Swim mm-hmm. kind of weird stuff. And good. Well, I'll we'll have a table. Two months ago, we had a table. My my desk on stage was <laughs> full of koosh balls, so I kept throwing koosh balls at people and going, Rosie O'Donnell, and I would just throw them <laughs> in between comics. And it was like, people get it. They know it's weird and mm-hmm. that it's going to be, you know. And then we've had DJ Doug Pound, who was the editor of Tim and Eric. Awesome show. Great oh, job. Oh, great. We had him as our musical guest. And we had uh, Davey. Uh, oh, Davey, Davey Force. Davey Force, who created the opening title sequence to Tim and Eric. Oh, cool. We had him yep. on to show The Chickening, which was his. Oh, wow. Uh, I remember uh, that. Dance movie. The sh- yep. The Shining, but with <laughs> the chickens. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very weird. <laughs> Which I don't know where you come up with that idea. Though. I don't know. You know what's funny about Tim and Eric? I have two two little boys who are eight and six, and I show them Tim and Eric, and they get yeah. it right away. Mm-hmm. And it finally made me understand Tim and Eric. They were on this your school. Yeah, I used to bring them on late night they show. Were on right? The talk show. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I Nobody watched else that. would at the time, but I said, <laughs> no. no, these guys are coming on, and they're like, why? I go because every time I have to fly to New York, I put their shows on my computer, and I am laughing all the way to New York, and you know, I just know it was. This Businessman thing. I just know yeah. it just makes it so much funnier knowing nobody else really understands. What's Everybody's great about sitting this. around you is like, what is <laughs> What is he looking at? Why is that, that funny? Steve yeah, like, Brule? Like, what? For Steve me, the show like that is uh, TV Funhouse. Oh, yeah. God, that was that's, oh, a great and that's the one where, like, it, it was one season and done, yeah. and that was it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I remember the first, when it was on the air, it was like a thing where Connie was like, we paid for it. You might as well show it, I guess. And it was like mm-hmm. 12 30 night on Saturdays. 
and I actually fell off my couch laughing so hard <laughs> that they did the they did the Joe Camel Pokemon sketch, oh my God. which was a crossover between Joe Camel and Pokemon. It was Jokemol. <laughs> was what they did. And then you see Joe Camel, and he's like a little camel, and he's hopping around. But then all of a sudden, when he like transforms to fight the other Pokemon type things, yeah. his giant nose turns into a giant penis, and then Jane Camel comes out, who turns into a giant vagina. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. just out of weird, out of nowhere. Oh you're like. God. I, I laughed so hard. <laughs> so I couldn't weird. believe how funny it was. Like it's. I, I used to love Wonder Shows, and do you remember Wonder Shows? Oh, yeah. Wonder oh, Shows was fantastic. Yeah. So good. Wait, now go. who made that? I forgot I, about that show. We got to look that one up. That uh, was a, an amazing show. They would that go, should never have gone away, right? Kids that was on the a, street. Kids on the beat. Beat kids. <laughs> beat kids. <laughs> you know these little kids interviewing Wonder people. Chosen. Yeah. Wow, I'm gonna go home and What's watch that. What's it like tonight? being a racist? You know, <laughs> people would be like, "What is happening?" That stuff was so great. Oh, they were the best. Yeah. Um, who is it? Who aired Wonder John Chosen? John Lee and Vernon Chapman. Oh, Vernon Chapman. There you go. Where was it? On uh, MTV Two. On MTV oh, Two. Man. Bring That's that back. Man. Yeah, dude. The Seriously. best. Um, all right, we got to talk about the show that uh, literally the whole drive here, the whole drive here. Yes, me and Matt were driving here together because he picks me up because I don't, I'm not a good driver. He's I'm okay. very, what does that mean? Ever. I'm very bad. I'm He's very bad, bad at driving. I lived in New York for too long, and then I came out here, but and then I started. We're driving safer to drive. with him. But not you driving. don't have a driver's license. I have license? a car, and I have a driver's license. So you just prefer to be driven. I don't. I, 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 I prefer Uber. Him to I'm be Ubering. Driven. I'm Ubering. What's right. happened? I'm just not good at it. I'm very. I've like, gotten a bunch mean? of accidents. Thirteen accidents so I have somewhere there. More points on my license than a person For should what? have. For what? DUIs? No, 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 no. He doesn't even have that excuse. He's just that I'm bad just a driver. I'm just not good at sober. it. I get. I look it at. Does things, not I, stop I go, anybody in Hollywood here. I look at, at everything all. when I'm driving, and also I have a girlfriend who loves to drive, and so right. she drives all the time. Wow. And then I can just sit there and play on my phone, and it's a lot nicer for me. You prefer to be driven. I think. I prefer to be driven. That's that's it. We're better off with. Him not driving. It's for the me. best. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't know anything about cars. D- uh, tell about when <laughs> oh. he told what you he... what kind of car. Oh, he got. Come on, yeah, I don't want to do that in front of the car matchmaker. Oh, that's the most embarrassing thing in the world. I, I, embarrass him. I think it's important that he oh, hears. He's reenacted. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. This is an actual thing that all actually right. happened. Spike Phone conversation. You're not. I promise I won't judge. I please hope that you don't dislike me more than maybe you do. I just hope. I hope you like me, and then you don't dislike me. All right. This is this what happened. It's an actual thing. I got. It was time to go buy a car, and I. It had an Oldsmobile Alero. You remember those piles of shit cars? <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, it got a funny of- car for a comedian. Yes, yes. <laughs> you get, there was old in the title. There was all yeah. sorts of yeah. jokes about it. Yeah, right. A lot um, of other clowns would pile out of it when you got it. <laughs> sure, exactly. So I, I gave that uh, car away, and then it was time to go get a new car. Mm-hmm. And so I went, and the choice was either a uh, a Chrysler 300, okay, right. with uh, Lambo doors, which I thought was cool. Uh, Lambo mm-hmm. doors. Yeah, like Lamborghini doors that go up. And like how did that happen? Style uh, there's some stupid up. guy some... was selling them and selling the car. So I was. Like, he and he customized the door. Yeah, 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 and he put scissor doors on he there. Put scissor doors on. And, wow, uh, I was like, that could be kind of fun. Can I and, guess on the person's race? Uh, <laughs> Am I correct? It was a Chinese guy. It right. was a Chinese. Yeah. Guy. <laughs> it wasn't. It that's was, not what I was going to guess. It's exactly. It was exactly what it was. It was a Chinese guy who put scissor doors <laughs> yeah. on a Chrysler 300. You bought a lot of scissor doors. <laughs> I would have bought that car in two seconds. Oh, that's insane. What I an incredibly that. expensive modification it was, it was, for such it, not it an ridiculous expensive car. It was a ridiculous car. So Burned I want to hold through his copy of Tokyo Drift. <laughs> You're being <laughs> completely. Serious. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. go ahead. It's a weird but car. But so far, so fascinating. It was, either, car, yeah, it was either that, a Mini Cooper, which right. I, I tried out because I'd seen uh, the Italian job. Right. <laughs> right. I was like, hey, you know, that's kind of a fun car. It <laughs> right. look ridiculous. You in a Mini You're Cooper. a Maxi. Yeah. It's emba- it's you don't want to be a Maxi in a Mini. That's yeah, basically right. yeah. okay, that's that's right. essentially you, your Iron Man suit. Right. You turn a Mini Cooper into a one-seater. Yeah. They are very spacious. You could And actually, in the top 10 cars for tall people. So, you know, little known facts about Mini. But yeah. Mm-hmm. The other one was a black Camaro, all right, with black leather interior. All right, right, all right. And I was like, that's too much of a dude mobile. But I liked that car. I liked okay. it. Okay. I felt so like. So where is the embarrassment? Where's well, the I felt like here? Vin Diesel when I was in the car. Right. So I was like, Ugh. you know, so I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna get this car. So I get that car. That's what right. I get. Okay. And I'm driving home from the dealership, and I'm calling fucking everybody. I call five people in a row. Hey, guess what? I just bought a brand new car. Oh, yeah, what kind? Camaro. Suck a dick. Click. Right. Next call. Hey, guess what? I just bought a Camaro. I'll race you for pinks. You know, click. Call one after another. Call like four people. I call Matt and I go, hey, Matt, guess what? Hey, uh, what? I just bought a new car. Oh, really? What, what kind of car did you get? I got a Camaro. Yeah, because I'm awesome. Oh, that's cool. I used to have a Camaro. Did you get an RS, an IROC? Which kind of Camaro? I got I got the good one, well, good kind, the cool cool the guy Z28? car. Well, what kind of Camaro is it? Like, what's the package? Uh, well, I'm driving right now, and I'm not totally sure. I'm <laughs> you, hang you don't on. Remember? No, no. Well, it's it's just the like the new Camaro. It's the this year's Camaro. But but which brand? Like, how big is the engine? Any of that stuff? I got, let me check. Hang on. Okay, it's the I'm looking in the glove compartment. It's the pony package. I got the pony package. <laughs> the the pony package. I don't think that Camaro comes with a pony package. It's, uh, no, no, it's definitely it's a pony. It says right here, Mustang <laughs> pony package, Camaro. Did, did, it says did you they said a, it was Camaro. Did you get a Ford Mustang? No, no, I got a Mustang Camaro. No, that's not a thing. It's either a Mustang <laughs> or a Camaro. I have some calls I have to make. I'll call you back. You don't. You didn't know that's what you bought. I did not know out. what I bought. No, yeah. I bought a Mustang, a Ford Mustang. <laughs> And thought, nice it and thought it was a Camaro. I thought it was a Camaro. Yes. Literally. They for... are in the same class, so you're not <laughs> so far off. For a half hour, right. I thought I bought a different car. <laughs> yes. After paying Charger, all the money Camaro, to buy. Charger, Camaro, Mustang, they are yeah. kind of the same. Was in They're the close. fucking thing yes. telling people. <laughs> I was I literally a It's the oldest, oldest trio of cars, actually, that competed against each yeah. other. So really? it's an honest mistake. All right. But is there not <laughs> a... Thank you for, for that. For a reason. Is but it is completely fucked up. You didn't know what you bought. My girlfriend's from Detroit. She almost didn't speak to me when after I told her that story. Well, I always remember he told me on the phone, he's like, well, it's got a horse on it. When he was yeah. talking yeah. There's a like, horse. Right, right. Is like, that good? This a isn't also a little-known model either. This is <laughs> yeah, pretty much the most yeah. famous car in the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, huge, yeah. huge yeah. mistake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and you like it, and there you go. I love it. I still have it. I, I drive it all the well, Okay, there you go. I, I sit in it. So you're happy. You've done it. You don't need me. I know that. Yeah, I help right. people who need help. You don't need help. <laughs> <laughs> you just need glasses. You just need glasses. He does need help. So you can but read. Not that kind of help. Emotional help. Yeah. No. Um, we need to talk about Seinfeld. Talk about Seinfeld. Okay. Uh, I know you okay? mentioned Seinfeld. Spike. Seinfeld. We haven't talked about we haven't, that yet. We haven't After even, all we haven't, this time. We haven't all right, let's go. It. All right, know, let's go. We'll go back to cars said, later. I know you said the first Seinfeld <clears> question you always get is a soup Nazi. I'm not going to ask that first. That's not a question, but yes. I am going to ask first. You wrote. The Little Kicks. Yes. With Elaine's horrible dancing. Yes. And I have to know, how did you come up with the idea of Elaine being such a bad dancer? Like, did, was Julia a bad dancer? And you no. Saw her, In or? fact, when I taught her the dance, uh, <laughs> oh one of the other writers sidled up to me and said, oh, you are going to ruin this girl's career by making her do that on TV. You really are. 
<laughs> it was brilliant. That's one of my favorite things. Of the we whole didn't show. know at the time, but yeah. um, it was based on an old boss. He doesn't like me to say who it is. So <laughs> I, I don't ever say who it is, but you probably would all know who it is. But <laughs> but it was oh. someone I worked for at one point, and he uh, was very intimidating. And then I saw him dancing at a party, and then he wasn't in, uh, very intimidating <laughs> anymore. And you know that was the story. You know, oh, it was wow. that when you see someone dance and they don't know how to dance, if they're your boss, it's hard to respect them anymore and be <laughs> and to listen to them. Yeah, and that's yeah. where it came from. But the dance is the same dance that my former boss did. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Somebody actually did that in real life. That blows. Yes, me away. yes. Someday wow. I'll auction off the name. Like you're so vain. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Who it was really written Take about? Take that, Carly Simon. Yeah. It'd be That's... weird if they were the same person. Yeah, Carly Simon. <laughs> yes, all right, there it is. It is the same person. It's Carly. It is Carly Simon. Simon. Oh, Carly She's Simon. the one. <laughs> She's a bad yeah. dancer. Mm-hmm. Now uh, that show had a writers' room that worked differently than almost any other sitcom, didn't it? Uh, yeah, a couple different ways actually. Because I've, I've, uh, we know Fred Stoller who yeah. worked on earlier mm-hmm. seasons. I don't think he worked at the same nope. time as you, but a uh, good guy we know. And uh, I've read his book about writing on Seinfeld. He wrote a book called My Seinfeld Year, mm-hmm. uh, and I <laughs> devoured it. It was fantastic. And he talked about how you would go to Larry and say, "Hey, here's my idea for each of the four characters. Here's how they're going to mesh up." And then once you got sort of your four ideas approved, he'd be like, I like that for Elaine. I don't like that for Jerry. Write something right. else. And then he'd approve it. And he'd be like, okay, now go write the episode. You come back. And then he would just sort of rewrite it. And that's. Is that how it worked? I remember. For you, <clears throat> no? Well, there are two different ways. I come in on season seven. So it's Larry and Jerry. And then eight and nine is just Jerry. Yeah. So it was a little differently. But at least season seven, you'd come in at the beginning of the season with a yellow pad full of ideas and mm-hmm. tell some stories. You know, uh, had this boss who danced funny, and after he danced, I couldn't really respect him. Stuff like that. Yeah. You go, all right. You know, what do you, you know, who, who's it for? And I go, I don't know. It could be for Lane or whatever. But it was mostly just Larry and Jelly, Jerry said at the beginning of that season, and I hadn't written half hours before. Really, we want you to come in and tell stories. We don't want you to make up stories. So you, you know, write down yeah. twenty things that happened to you, and something that you did, or something you wanted to say but didn't say, or. You know, some little, you know, thing that happened at a party that struck you as odd. Like, um, you know, I was at a party with a friend of mine and he kept giving everybody at the party duties and we were all had jobs at the party and no one was at the party. Everybody had a job. <laughs> that was weird. And that was Putty. Remember Putty with the yeah. man fur? That was oh, yeah. actually happened with yeah. an old friend of mine. So I, I loved it because shit happens to me all the time. <laughs> shit yeah. is still going on all the time. Sure. And I was able to come in and vent about a lot of it. From the soup Nazi to little cakes to girlfriends to, you know, uh, you know this writers' room joke about my girlfriend's ass would wake up in the middle of the night and start talking and say hello everyone, yeah. <laughs> and you know, but my girlfriend would be asleep and it was just learning how to talk, so it would go la 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 la, keep you awake, Spike, and it would, you know, that was a writers' room joke oh until I told my girlfriend, hey, we're making fun of your ass in the writers' room. <laughs> And she broke up with me, and then <laughs> and it became, became a story. Oh. Right, it became a story. So, it, uh, you know, it's it's like Fred said, but it was always kind of different. And then, yeah. um, you and know, after- when you pitched those ideas, were you doing that sort of just to Jerry and Larry, or was that to the whole? That room? was just to Jerry and Larry. Yeah. So, um, it was very solitary then. So you go back. So I'm going back to that first pitch where I was pretty much terrified. I, I did okay with that first uh, set of pitches. Um, but I was nervous when it ended because I could tell I didn't really sell the first episode. So I started. Uh, they started asking me about New York, and I started talking about the Soup Nazi, and they started laughing really hard. And I started going, yeah, here's more about the Soup Nazi. And they went, that's your first episode. And I left like, totally. 
and close the door and went, what just happened? Like, I don't, I was not <laughs> pitching. I was just telling a they story. The writers were like, great job. We heard him laughing. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. I just told a story about this soup guy and, and they said, it's your first episode. They, yeah, get to work on it. <laughs> like, I don't know what that means. So, oh my God. you know, it's a pretty mysterious process. And, wow. um, you would go, and then I, I guess I had other stories approved. One was the Schmoopy story, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I remember, you know, Larry came to me a day later after I pitched that and said, "Look, I want you to do that um, that uh, public displays of affection story because I didn't want to say it in the room, but Jerry and Shoshana are doing that a lot, and it's really been bugging me with the <laughs> oh OB and the Schmoopy and all that stuff." So he goes, "Put that in as your Jerry story." And, you know, you would uh, figure it out on a dry erase board up until the act break. And when you thought you had it right to pitch, you'd call them in the room and pitch it to them. And they'd add stuff or subtract stuff. And then you'd be off to script and write it, turn it in, do another draft with notes and then hand it over to Larry and Jerry. And they would turn it into the masterpiece. What was your office like? Like, did you have your own little office? Yeah. Yeah. I I think I shared an office with Matt Selman for part of that year. Do you know Matt Selman, the Simpsons producer? And and then maybe Steve O'Donnell for the other part of it. But I I don't recall. But it was really fun, really small, great group of guys, Tom Gamble, Max Pross and, you know, Peter Melman and everybody, you know, we all hung out and. We were there seven days a week, and it was fun. What uh, what what uh, uh, studio were you guys at? Which CBS Radford. Oh, you were. At I Radford. was just there today. I was oh just there God. there pitching something today, and and we were looking at the building. What really blew me away was coming out coming out of the Ed Sullivan Building, working for Letterman, was how tiny this Seinfeld operation was. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I flew out to L.A. I'm going to move here, and wow, if Ed Sullivan is this big for Letterman, can you imagine what Seinfeld, <laughs> it's going to be 50 stories and, yeah. you know, typewriters everywhere, and it was this tiny little bungalow. They used to, I think Burt Reynolds was there before Seinfeld, and then this just group of writers, Larry and Jerry, and a couple assistants, and, you know, everybody's just down earth and nice and going all right let's we'll tell you how to do this and we'll do some and like what's your relationship like with these guys with uh with larry or with uh with Simon? well there are two types of guys there's larry guys and jerry guys i'm a i'm a jerry guy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i am and i think it's the car thing that kind of tied it in but you know um we all still talk you know we obviously all went through something and you know we're all still fans of each other and you know larry's doing curb again and mm-hmm. berg's up on silicon valley now and uh schaefer had his show there on fx and yeah. you know we talk periodically that's so that's and so you it's on- fun carol leafer's around you know i hang out with her you worked yeah. on b movie too didn't you yeah, yeah, I did B movie with Robin and Jerry and Barry Martyr. Mm-hmm. Very cool. How how were you involved in that in that film? Um, Jerry just asked me to write it with him. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess uh, it's one of the greatest and shortest pitch sessions. This will make you writers very upset. He was having dinner with Steven Spielberg, <laughs> and so Steven sorry. Spielberg said, "How'd you like to do an animated movie?" And Jerry's like, "Sure." He goes, What's your, what does it be about? And he goes, I don't know. What do you want to do? What do you want to do it about? And Jerry said, I don't know. How about bees? <laughs> I've always been kind of fascinated that we steal their honey. What if the bees were upset with that? And he goes, All right, yeah, sure, let's make it. Oh my <laughs> and god. Bee movie was sold. Oh my <laughs> god. Before the appetizers were dropped onto the oh table. God. Look, when you get I two know. billionaires at dinner together, you can make stuff like that happen. That story made me so upset when he called me about it. God damn it, Jerry. The number of outlines and oh. rewriting before before it even gets pitched. Good oh, yeah. Lord. <laughs> you know what's fascinating about what's B-Movie, though, is it took on a life of its own last year. With Some girl put the entire script on a B-Movie, of B-Movie on a shirt. I can't tell mm-hmm. if it was ironic or that she loved it when she was a little girl, <laughs> and it went viral 
And it was like the biggest animated movie last year as far as like uh, social media. Like yeah. people were just texting each other the entire script <laughs> of B-movie. Still, I don't know if they're making <laughs> fun of it or they no. really enjoyed it, but it exploded. Well, you know, it was wow. just on Huffington Post. They were just talking to John Goodman about it. Did you know your movie was the biggest movie of 2015? I think it's funny that Jerry That's spends amazing. way more time working on a one-liner than he did on the pitch for an entire two-hour movie. Yeah, well, he well he went nuts when we actually wrote it. That was yeah. three years of going Ooh. back and forth to New York, and he obsesses obviously with his comedy yeah. to stand up and really wants to get every word perfectly. So, well, you know what was so great about that movie too? Well, you can really do that with animation too because you can take your time. With kind of, but time runs out toward the end. Yeah, you know, and they're 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 animating it, and there are all these funny things that happen in the beginning. Like, you turn in a draft, and they go, "All right, uh, we're going to bring you to room and show you the storyboard um, for the for the first three scenes." And each uh, one of the pages is done by a different artist in a different style, <laughs> and you just react. Like, tell us what you think. Do you like it? So. You see a few lines, and and the and the guy's an Italian animation guy. He's going, <laughs> so Betty, so Betty, you like the bee, and then he comes down here, and it's like looks like the Jetsons, and the next one is the Flintstones, and the next one is like modern something, you know, and <laughs> it m- can quickly make you crazy. Oh, and then yeah. by like the second year, you're like, God, I fucking hate this movie and this script. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, and I'm going back and doing more notes, and now I'm watching screenings with half the movie, and now there's another two years, you know. It lives with you for a very long time, yeah. and it's you know it's kind of what spun me in back into you know into late night and getting back into the you know the immediacy of mm-hmm. that, and you know reading a newspaper or, you know, or reading Huffington Post and writing jokes. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I I learned from that experience was uh, I'm not cut out for this three year wait. Uh, yeah, no, I I don't blame him. Steven's I, in a movie. He's been working on that. Hey, congratulations! Yeah. Which one? I'm in uh, Storks with Storks. Andy, Andy Samberg and uh, Kelsey Grammer and Jennifer Aniston. Can you make a lot of money doing that? I, I'm gonna make something. Yeah, doing it. I'll new tell car. You oh, you better believe it. <laughs> new car money. What new, kind of car? Uh, it'll be an, an, some sort of SUV, some sort of larger car. Wow, I can't I can't be in what this. now? <laughs> what is that covered under the guild now? Oh yeah, I did not make a lot of money from B movie. I'm guessing Seinfeld made all of it. Oh, I'm, well, I'm, his, his I didn't MO. write it. I'm just one of the voices, I'm right. one of the main voices in it. And, and well, yeah, all right, you're going to clean up then, yeah, right? He's the bad guy. I'm the, the bad guy in the movie. How much back end do you get? Uh, <laughs> I, I, oh, I don't get any, I get, what's it called? I get a, a, a percentage of the um, merchandising. Really? That's I, big. I get a, a piece of the soundtrack because I sing in the movie. Really? Yeah. That's great. And, uh, and then uh, I'm also, I play three other smaller characters in the movie, so... Wow. Uh, with SAG, they'll just they'll pay me out uh, for overseas residuals. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, I'll make most of them. You're going to be that. rich. Ah, well, we'll see. We'll <laughs> You're see. Be very, very rich. What but, dolls are we buying of yours? What is it? A stork? I, I play. Uh, I play the pigeon in the movie. The pigeon. So he's he's the uh, the bat. He's he plays the a only pigeon. pigeon very that disappointing lives. sales of the pigeon this year. <laughs> it's a pigeon Christmas. that looks like I'm Donald sorry. Trump. Yeah, it's yes. a pigeon that looks like Donald Trump. Oh, that's and, cool. and he's a real. Uh, he's got a real attitude. Problem. I like that. Yeah, yeah, he's re- really ridiculous character. Yeah, when and you have kids, those movies become really fun. They kept saying, uh, "You'll you'll know this term." Uh, they kept saying uh, the character was very, uh, what is the word? Shitty. What? 
polarizing. 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 Wow. They said that uh, that and I've heard that from the marketing executives, and then separately in other meetings, I've heard it from producers. I heard it from the director. That's good, though, right? Polarizing, yeah. where they're mm-hmm. like, the kids are obsessed with it. When the character <laughs> comes on screen, kids yeah. get really jumpy in their seats because oh, they're that's excited. Good. But the parents are like, oh, this character. <laughs> oh, so the good. voice is driving me crazy. <laughs> the movie's not for them. So you're yeah. the Jar Jar of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> God forbid. What's the matter? You said the Jar Jar. You said Jar Jar on the show? Come on. Wow. Oh, man. That that's just so mean. Low. It's like the low. meanest Plus thing Mike ever. Black. Well done, Mike Black. <laughs> Excellent. Um, no, you can tell he's going to be successful because last night at the movies, they were like, he was like, I'd like a Coke. And they were like, small, medium, or large. Was, All three. Let ride. Just spending that money already. Oh, right, all right. Uh, I know you have more Seinfeld questions. Do you have any more Seinfeld questions you want to ask? Well, I I could get into a bunch of stuff, but I'm going to try to. I don't want to be too super nerdy on it. Throw one more. Throw one more nerdy one out. Come on. Come on, Matt. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You were involved. Two of the episodes that you are listed as writer on mm-hmm. have controversy with them. And they you do. Obviously, you know the Puerto Rican Day Parade one, of course. Yeah, I contributed nothing to that, really. Uh, <laughs> but here's what I'll just say about it. It could have been any parade. It yeah. was really the idea. It didn't you, have to. It was just you're a trapped parade by parades, yeah. and I guess everyone thought that was the funniest one. But every writer on staff is credited with that episode. But I will say, I did raise my hand and go, I don't think we should be burning a Puerto Rican flag. And they, oh, Spike, yeah. you're so sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, guys. We'll okay. see. Because the other one that I was surprised to see that was controversy, like when you click on the thing on Wikipedia on it, it's like controversy was the section really? on there. And I was like, oh, and it's the bookstore. Because there's a line in there mm-hmm. where opium is referred to as the Chinaman's nightcap. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I was wondering, did that line originate from Jerry and Larry, or did that originate earlier in the script process? What, like, how did they get through? What year is that? You know, I can tell you who's at fault. I can guarantee you that's Steve O'Donnell. That sounds like Mr. Steve <laughs> O'Donnell. Because that is uh, season nine. Yeah, so Larry wouldn't have been there for that. No, uh, I know I worked on the episode. Did I, I don't think I wrote the episode. It's but one I, that you're listed as being the writer on, but I don't, who knows? I think I, I co-wrote it, it, right. But Chinaman's Nightcap, I can guarantee. I have a really good memory for remembering people's lines. Mm-hmm. That's Steve O'Donnell. And I'm pretty sure he was on the show that that eighth <laughs> season. He, we brought him in, and you can hear—I can even hear him saying it. The Chinaman's Night. <laughs> but that's that is because they cut that line from the reruns. Apparently, oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. But it's it's really a slang term for heroin. It's, yeah, sure. it's a an historical one. So yeah. I don't know what people are upset about. Uh, okay, you did the muffin tops. Yes, which also <laughs> featured, uh, if I remember correctly, that's the episode that featured the. Real world Seinfeld tour, like you're sort of mo- <laughs> right, knock up on right, him, right? Right, which, which the real Kramer was doing, <laughs> yes, and he was doing like the the Jerry reality tour, or yes. whatever it was, right? So, like, obviously, you pull that from what was going on in real life, but I mean, did they sort of come to you and be like, "Hey, we should do something on this," or how did you figure no. out to do that as as a plot line? It was it, I was just having fun with the idea of art reflects life, reflects art, or yeah. life reflects <laughs> art, reflects life. I I was really playing with that formula, like, and I I guess it would start with. The real Kramer, and then the Seinfeld Kramer, and then the real Kramer does the bus tour. Yeah. <laughs> then I thought, all right, it's our move. Let's get let's get the real Kramer doing a bus tour. Oh, great. And that's that's kind of the, the thinking I used to 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 do that. And it was purely passive aggressive towards the real Kramer. Yeah, totally. Just like this will be really fun because he was like being a pain in the ass. He was suing. Yeah, the but show we, we were talking about how shitty this tour must be yeah. for people. Right. They yes. hand out a little Snickers a little bar. Snickers bar. You're yeah. stuck in a bus in traffic, <laughs> looking at. Uh, these places where we really 
didn't shoot. Yeah, because he's driving. Uh, it's all B-roll. Yeah. yeah, it's B-roll. So funny. And and so that's what we were like. All right, well, let's take, let's make it shitty and and and, and have some fun with it. Yeah, right, that's right. one where Jerry turns into a werewolf at the end. Yeah, that one I'm not sure about. Yeah, I always I feel bad about that story. But there's some other good moments in there. Also, we brought back the Jiffy Park guy, the mm-hmm. Jiffy Dump guys in that one. Yeah. But I had a girlfriend in New York who only ate the tops of muffins. She was bulimic. Mm-hmm. So she had a list of good and bad foods, and <laughs> muffin top muffin was, was on it. And she said, "I'm going to start a muffin top shop one day." And you know, uh, that oh became that made everybody laugh when we were talking about it, the muffin it? top shop. And the, said, Let's do that with Elaine. And I remember that the large woman who ran the homeless Rebecca group was Rebecca Mornay. De Mornay. Yes, like obviously that's, that's a reference of Seinfeld. God, I remember okay. the moment he said it in the room. Yeah, it made us because it's hilarious. So he goes, my name is Rebecca De Mornay. <laughs> And we started rolling. We went, what? That's hilarious. And then that woman walked in, and we cast her, and I mean, it was just, it was you perfect. Know, oh. There was a lot of it where just having fun, you know, the writer's room vibe was mm-hmm. suddenly going on to the show. Yeah, you and know, then you did- This is just to entertain us. Yeah, because also you did the uh, the one with the Technicolor Dreamcoat episode, oh, right. where was Jerry was always like, how come I can't be your boyfriend? Like, why do you just assume it's not me? Yeah, that's true. Well, two stories. Um, the girl I was living with in New York uh, invited the wigmaster from Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat to come <laughs> live with like us. A real thing. Wow. <laughs> no way! Yeah, are she you said, serious? She goes, uh, "I hope you don't mind, but I've invited my friend. Uh, already, I'm in hell with what's being said. <laughs> who's the wigmaster for Joseph and the American Technicolor Dreamcoat? Go, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> what about? A radical, title massive, that is. Yeah. massive fight. And you know, uh, the guy ended up being afraid of me and wouldn't come stay." But but still, I the never really figured out what the real wig master was just like <laughs> because you know I don't know if this is a pattern with women, but at least with my girlfriends, they they'll communicate my anger about the situation to their friends. So oh, and then now oh, there's no yeah. hope that oh, yeah. oh, you know, Spike freaked out. <laughs> but really, what I was saying to her was, you know. A length of time. We have to establish a length of time right. because that's a three-month yes. run. Can't be indefinite. Absolutely. And you're inviting a wig master who I've never met and don't know what a wig master is for a play I don't really care for. Like, sure. Isn't the proper amount of time six or seven days, yeah. and that's it. You know, and that that became the story. It's like what what's the amount of time, and um, you know. Yeah, if it was the hairball cleanup guy from Cats, like, fine. Right, He right. can move in. He never right. ended up staying, by the way. I've yeah. always felt bad about it. So uh, there's that. And then what was the other thing we were talking about in the episode that you just said? Uh, uh, well, it's how Jerry, like, people would hit on people right. in front of him. And he's like, I, why can't I? Carol Liefer yeah. said, will you come to the BMW dealership with me? Mm-hmm. I want. I need to lease a new car. And I said, sure, let's go. And we went there. And the salesman hit on her. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept flirting with her, yeah. and you know, it didn't really dawn on me until I got back and went, "Fuck! Wait a minute, that yeah. guy! You know, how does he know we're not together? What was that?" <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Probably he just sized you up and looked at you. It's like that guy's not going to get that girl." I go, "But what about me? <laughs> well, you know, it really set me back yeah. that that happened, and I started getting really angry about it. <laughs> how do they know we're not together? And that's that was the basis for that story. God, that is so yeah, fast. That little you're, tiny moment. You're part of so many integral." Stories to, for it's Seinfeld. Very biography. I don't have to write my biography. God, yeah, the last few seriously. seasons are very. A lot of my life is poured into that. <laughs> Did you have any stories that made it into other episodes that are yeah. not credited as yours? Because I know, like, say, Fred Stoller, he has the one episode that he's credited as writing, but he also had the story about the uh, monkey 
having to be apologized to by Kramer. Like he said, oh, that right, was his story, right, right. but not an episode. That yeah, he wrote. we would like he pop got stories. Over. Everybody pops stories in everybody mm-hmm. else's episodes. You know, uh, uh, you know, the one that stands out is the voice. But you know, again, that was writers' room joke with Jeff Schaefer and I. I don't even know who wrote the episode. Hello. But I was always happy to just see the stuff on. It would just crack me up to see that stuff. Was that Alexander oh. Wentworth? God, that was that so you know, and I remember, you know, th- one of the greatest was Schaefer uh, and Bergen Schaefer call me into their office one day and they go, you got to listen to this girl's answering machine message. <laughs> like, totally, oh. let's put it on. And she, he calls the number and he goes, believe it or not, I'm, you know, that <laughs> oh, George. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Like, fuck, that's hilarious. That's great. So every day, that's how we start writing sessions. We play her message. <laughs> We're waiting for her not to be home, this girl who we kind of knows. And then Schaefer or somebody says, let's put it in the show. And we put it in the show. And then the night it airs, we called her and uh, her message machine picked up. And we just said, watch Seinfeld tonight. Just hung the phone up. Didn't say who it was. (laughs) (laughs) Just watch the show. And so she must have tuned in that night and seen her answering machine message. Wow. Holy fuck. What's happening? That's That's amazing. What's happening? was, uh, Was the writer's room a different deal after Larry left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were you know, there were power struggles. You know, Jerry was uh, in a little over his head. You know, hosting. I mean, starring in the show and having to manage the talent and the deals and everything else. So, and Larry, you know, obviously was you know a big part of that show's voice and uh, was uh, you know they they Larry and Jerry sat across from each other at a table at a desk and yeah. there was a balance there. Mm-hmm. It was Jerry and George, and when George took off it was a lot of jerry and it was a, it was a different show yeah the characters acted in different ways interesting wow um were you around for the finale yeah the show? yeah yeah wow i pushed very hard for uh well i'm in it i'm on the jury <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's about awesome. all i had to do with it you helped convict them i wanted uh jerry to larry to write it i just thought you know my feeling was and i, and I know it was an opinion that if, uh, a few people shared in the room it's like this is not something we should be writing you know we yeah. should have Larry come back and do it with or without Jerry. Let them figure yeah. that out. You know. Wow. That's amazing. Know, that, uh, do you have any favorite characters from the show, either that you created or just that you enjoyed writing for? Well, they were, I mean, our main characters were all great. I, the little stupid ones were always my favorite, like the Jiffy Park guy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Jerry's coming out this weekend. We'll do that voice, all, you know, half the weekend. We'll do that. <laughs> hey, look, buddy. Yeah. We'll do him. We like to do uh, <laughs> the top of the muffins to you is just yeah. a really stupid <laughs> one, guy. Elaine, these ideas are in the air. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that was, you know, that joke was more about, um, you know, whether this, I'm not saying this is true. I had a feeling at the time that Harvard writers stole ideas in the writer's room mm-hmm. from other writers. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. sometimes you'd suggest something, and the next day someone would pitch it. Very common in the writer's room, you guys know. Sure, yeah. And, you know, that's where that came from. These ideas, they're in the air. No, it's not in the air. <laughs> right. It was my it idea. It was in my mouth. That's yeah. kind of me venting about that situation yeah. in a writer's <laughs> that's room. so right? funny. I love um, that. <clears throat> I, I, and, you know, I just like the small, stupid stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. There was uh, in the episode um, where Kramer's trying to stop his mail. And you remember yeah. Jerry eventually becomes a mailman, is mm-hmm. whistling down the street delivering yeah. the mail. And a guy goes, mail on Sunday. <laughs> the extra screwed up the line. Yeah. So he said it like this. He kind of went, Mirza. And so when I got in the edit room, I was like, fuck, I can't hear what he's saying. So Andy Robin 
does the worst dub in the history of the show. <laughs> he goes, Mail on Sunday. And you can hear the line, but it's terrible. Like it that moment, I love that moment. When I, I watched that episode to hear how bad that is. And that yeah. that really cracks me up. God, that's, that's so, so much funny. fun. Working working in comedy is such a great thing because you laugh so much and you spend so much time. Yeah, on the right show. Fun. Yeah, yeah. It has to be the right show. And it, it, it it's you know, it's a cliche to say, but it trickles down from the top. Mm-hmm. If it's a if you got a good boss and he's funny, he knows what he's doing. Doing and the vibe's nice. Sure. It's a good experience. If not, it's a nightmare. Have you had a bad experiences with stuff like that? Uh, no. I, I don't stick around for that stuff. No. I take off. Like, now, life still... is too short, Claus. <laughs> yeah. Right? Worked, uh, you worked with Louis C.K. at one point. Yeah. You're still friends with him. You hang out yeah. with him. Does he ever need anybody to play a younger version of him in a flashback? <laughs> I would love to. I don't talk to Louis as much. Uh, he's uh, He's been very, very busy. But back yep. in the day, we... Uh, I remember we were together for 9-11. That was a special time. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, we were doing geez. a, uh, uh, I was trying to sell him. CBS asked me, um, or Castle Rock was on a deal mm-hmm. with, said, who's the next Seinfeld? I said, it's Louis C.K.'s next Seinfeld. Yeah. He said, who's that? And so we sold a show to CBS, and it didn't go, but, you know, I was, little, I was 13 years too soon, I think, for that <laughs> yeah. to go. Well, um, even like Lucky Louie, do you remember do you, that like that show? Yeah, was... watching him do his thing has been fascinating because I always gave him contrary advice. I would say, <laughs> you know, if you eliminate your daughter's vagina jokes and focus <laughs> yeah. on the the joke about where you get your kids in the car and you walk from the passenger seat side to the driver's side and how that feels like a vacation, like <laughs> that stuff is a billion dollars worth of comedy on CBS. Like if I could just get that out of you. And he goes, I'm going to... You know, he goes, I'm going to go in the opposite direction. And then he would um, do an HBO special, and I'd get a call. He's like, hey, can I come over and watch my special with you? And I'm like, yeah, come over. And he'd come and sit down. He'd put it on. And it would be all horrifying <laughs> jokes. And I would go, oh, Louie. And he goes, this is why I came. I, I came to watch you put your head in your hands oh, and so get upset. Great. And I go, I don't. I don't even understand that. Best. I don't even understand why you would. He goes, no, no, this is, it's so pure and it's so good. Thank you. And then wow. he would just take off and you wouldn't hear from him again. So. Did you know. Uh, Special relationship. Yeah. No, that's a good relationship. You wrote. I don't, I still don't get it though. You're an episode of Seinfeld, by the way. <laughs> why, why do you want to fuck with people? You know. But Louis was way ahead of his time, you know? He way ahead. The first time I saw him perform was actually in London. His first week on Letterman was my last week. And we were shooting shows in London, and we flew there and landed, and he goes, I'm going to go do stand-up. And I'm like, that's fucking awesome. You could just walk into a comedy club? And he's like, well, yeah, watch. And he walked in there, and he did the dirtiest material <laughs> of any comedian I'd really seen, Shit. you know, next to maybe Richard Pryor, but ne- <laughs> but totally yeah. live. And I just went, oh, my God. And the, the audience, British audience, were like, this is awful. But and you know, <laughs> Jill Davis, uh, one of the writers, was with me, and she went, oh, this guy's going nowhere. And I went, yeah, not with that stuff. <laughs> but oh really, he was just a little he you know he was he was ahead of everybody else yeah yeah right well you know ahead of everybody i I think like his style and what the way that he works and and uh you know people that are fans of of like that dirty stuff that he does right you know different it's a different group of people than that are than are the people that are like oh my god i love tim and eric awesome show great job right i love that Mm -hmm. we and there are people that don't think that that shit is insane. That like right. the Tim and Eric stuff is super super weird and doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't and like there and, and like <laughs> it's not supposed yeah. to. And like there are like you know there's just different types of comedy and like different people. You know it's just different types of comedy in different ways that people mm-hmm. enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what what makes different people laugh. Mm-hmm. Like for me, uh, it's always been Jim Gaffigan. 
uh, he's great. Can do can do no like everything mm-hmm. he does mm-hmm. makes me fucking laugh. Mm-hmm. Like his material uh, has always been like my kind of thing. I love I love Louis and I love Tim and Eric and stuff yeah. too. But uh, but the guy like the kind of stuff when I've watched them in person, Maria Bamford and uh, and Jim Gaffigan are the two mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I just can't deal. Like I just my brain stops starts like hurting from right. laughing too much. Yep. You know. Well, Seinfeld's act is pretty great. Oh, I yeah. mean, w- there was a week where yeah, I saw Sarah Silverman, Jay Leno. Louis, Chris Rock, and then I saw Jerry. Wow. And these are all great comedians, and they were yeah. really long shows, but Jerry had the edge as far yeah. as the shape of his act. And I don't say that because we're friends. I just His act kind of had a beginning, a middle, mm-hmm. and an end, where yeah. some of these other acts kind of just ended on a joke, like, all right, time's up, I'm going to yeah. walk off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I talked to Jerry about it, and I, just, you know, I said, "Am I making up?" And he goes, "No, I'm." He goes, "I'm doing that." He's just like on such a different level as far as you he know. He plans his everything out. It seems he does yeah. obsessively. He writes he's, he's and so he writes good. and he changes and he tweaks. All right, I have one last Seinfeld question. All right, all right, all right, all right, all uh, right. In one of your episodes, you have uh, somebody return something out of spite at a yes. store. Did yes. you know that that was actually <clears throat> cited in an actual legal case? Wow, no. Because Tom Clancy <laughs> and his wife broke up, and when they were married, they had a uh, a book imprint they mm-hmm. had together. It was Clancy Books, distributed through like Random House or whatever, and then it was just a bunch of books he didn't write, but they were like using Tom Clancy's name to sell a bunch of books. And they split right. up, and he's like, I'm going to take my name off this because I don't have anything to do with it. I don't want my name on here anymore. And then in the whole legal battle, they actually cited that episode <laughs> talking about how you cannot uh, just take it. Like he had to negotiate in good faith. Right. And they said he was negotiating in spite. in spite. And he referenced your episode <laughs> wow. because of that. Wow. That's, wow. Uh, I have to give Larry and so. Jerry credit for that one. That was, uh, I remember Larry going, I, I was short a story. And he goes, uh, just do a blazer story. And I went, <laughs> what? <laughs> goes, do, do a blazer story. It'll be good. You know, crested blazer, something. I, I was in a store. I was trying something on, and then, yeah. you know, I bought it because I felt guilty. And I went, right, that doesn't sound like a story, Larry. <laughs> and he goes, no, no, it'll be a story. It'll be good. And sure enough, you know, he's done like a hundred Blazer stories. Yeah, there are a bunch since of Blazer though. stories on he there. Just, yeah. yeah, Blazer story. And I'm like, yeah. oh, he's, he's, this guy really knows what he's yeah, doing. Because he had the Blazer story with the Friars jacket. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he's still doing Blazer stories. Well, you know, Groucho Marx and pants. Yeah, Gro- just go pants to. jokes. Okay, oh, I'm sure. done. Sorry, still I'm done. going. All right, all right, wait. I, we got a couple. Couple small. We got a couple small follow ups. Real quick. Are you good? You good to hang out? Yeah. A couple more minutes. All right. Michael Richards show that you yes that was your show you created that show I did not create that show All right. I ran that show you ran the show Michael uh, created the show I was on a deal with Castle Rock and I was strong armed <laughs> no I, I wanted <laughs> wow I wanted to work on it because uh, I you know I love Michael I believed in him and I thought if anybody's going to be able to pull this off it'll mm-hmm. be us but it sure. was uh, a very tall mountain to climb it was a detective and we knew from sitcom, the beginning right. Yeah, Michael wanted to do the, the Vint, Vic Nardoza, this mm-hmm. this uh, detective sitcom, and um, I had done something a long time ago with Adam West, with a fake detective show, yeah. um, that then Conan and Smigel did a version of too, um, and I thought, you know, maybe there's something here, mm-hmm. but um, I was pretty much being paid by Castle Rock to work on their shows, so I said. If I'm going to work on anything, I'll work on this. Yeah, yeah makes I sense. I like cool. everybody involved. I like that you guys <clears throat> put Tim Meadows in the show, and you, uh, yeah, I, Tim I, was in there. God. You can always you can put Tim Meadows in any show and it'll mm-hmm. make it it'll make it better. Like, yeah, Tim William Devane like, was in it. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was a very turbulent experience. It was not pleasure uh, pleasant for any of us. <laughs> 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 for Michael, for the network, for 
But um, we get, we laugh about it whenever we see each other now. We go, geez, you remember that? What the hell? Uh, what about, uh, can we talk about the, the talk show and you getting to do this talk show? Yeah, sure. That was one, another great, um, you know, dream-like experience. Does that, it, uh, aside from uh, a couple clips on YouTube, is there a, is it out there? Fox scrubbed it. Can... No, they scrubbed the whole what? thing. They took it all off. You know, they son of a bitch. It was. It's a, such an interesting time in um, the online comedy space because we're out there killing it with hardly any budget. Like mm-hmm. we're the top three clips on Hulu. We're beating uh, Tina Fey and Sarah Palin and Family Guy clips. Mm-hmm. You know, and nobody knows what this show is or who I am. But online, we're like, we're killing it. And, you know, we knew that this was the game in late night. That right. forget about your ratings on Saturday Night Against Saturday Night Live. You're not going to do well. But look, hey, they just played our clip on The View. And yeah, I just no. heard it on a, in a Hertz rental bus. You know, we're working. And, hey, David Letterman's calling me going, God, you guys are really doing well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could see it happening. Fox never really understood that. And when the show went off the air... And actually, when the show was even on the air, they would fight with us about releasing content online, whether it was Funny or Die or wherever we would put it. They would say, you can't put that out there. Legal will never clear it. And, you know, and wow. we were saying, look, you're not promoting us. That's and That's- this clip we just put out just got two million hits on YouTube, oh. and it's helping promote our show. And they said, well, we're taking it down. And after the show went off the air, they just took it all down. They just said, oh. Fox property, we're going to keep it. And I, I remember even um, checking in with them after and going, hey, why don't we just release DVDs? They were, people were still watching DVDs mm-hmm. back then, and they said, no, we're not going to do any of it. And I said, that's... why can't I put the shows up and let them go? There's, you know, Brian Cranston was on <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. promoting a show called oh, yeah. Breaking Bad. Yeah. And, you know, they'd called me up and said, no one will book us because they don't like Breaking Bad. And I said, all right, I'll book you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Andy Dick yeah. just canceled, so come on. And, <laughs> So, you know, and Olivia Munn was a new piece of talent yeah. who I saw uh, also doing well on Hulu. So I said, let's book her. She seems interesting. She was on Attack of the Show back then. Yeah, right. And yeah. But she was consistently up at the top of their uh, dial, too. So, um, you know, I'm really proud of what we did. The writers were really great. They've all gone on to Colbert and Bill Maher and Conan and lots of great shows. And there did you have it. Did you have fun? Uh, did you have fun, like, hosting the show? Was oh, it was it like a dream, a dream come true. Dream come true situation for me. Oh. It's something I'd always wanted to try. I'd never performed really before in front of the camera. And, you know, yeah, I don't know if you saw the Louis C.K. episode where <laughs> Louis was going oh, yeah? to late night and he had sure, the coach. Yeah, yeah. I, I lived that. I Those had a guy like that. No I actually way. don't know yeah. if he based that on me telling him about that guy, but there was a guy in New York who supposedly trained Jay Leno and uh, and Jimmy Kimmel, and we've got him for you, Spike, and you're going to do a bunch of practice interviews, and then you're going to fly to New York, and you're going to meet with him. So you'd go and show up in this building in this tiny little office, <laughs> I mean a really tiny office, with this weird guy, and you'd put in your half-inch tape, and <laughs> you'd play your interview with Jason Bateman, and he would watch it, and he'd sit in front of you, too. I remember this. He'd sit in front of me watching it, looking at the screen, and then it would end, and then it would be quiet, and then he would turn around and just go, there's a party going on here, but it's not your party. <laughs> I go, what? what? <laughs> it's not your party. you got to make this your party. And then the time would be up, and then you'd fly back to L.A. going, all right, <laughs> got to make this my party, whatever the fuck that means. This, you know, it, the, Every minute of it was spectacular Jesus. and fun and unreal. And um, I was just telling someone the other day, I didn't even know the show got picked up. Until I was walking on the stage to meet the affiliates in Las Vegas. Yeah. That's how they introduced me, Peter Liguori. He said, uh, and here he is, and we're picking up his show. I got picked up 
walking up a set of stairs to go talk to people <laughs> on a Tuesday morning. Oh, my God. I know. Where I'm trying to get straight one, the jokes I'm going to tell, and that's what he throws at me. I mean, it was really, but really fun. Re- the, whole, the whole thing was just, uh, you know, I can were, die. Were there, were there were, yeah, please don't. Please I don't. can die right now. Were there jokes that, that were pitched to you that you just were like, nope, not, not going to do that one? Was no, uh, here's that- what I remember about the show. Fox really didn't get late night. I, I really have no problem saying that. Like, I, they would say, look, we're going to shoot 22 of these things. I'm like, fantastic, on Saturday night. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay. Uh, they're not going to be day and date. In other words, uh, we'll shoot them in September, and they'll probably air sometime in April or May. And I'd be like, well, what, what am I talking about? And like, well, we do the show Mad uh, TV, and it's broadly topical. So you kind of have to go and go, well, the, the Oscars will be in February, so you do a bunch of Oscar jokes. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know the <laughs> movies. The movies yeah. uh, you'll figure it out. <laughs> so, you know, that was the Jeez conversation Louise. from the beginning. Like, we oh were shooting God. from September to November. We had to produce all of these shows that ran the year. And, you know, occasionally you do, hey, uh, Ed Bradley joke. And then I'd be sitting at home in March and go, oh, fuck, Ed Bradley died. Let me pick up the phone and call nobody yeah. because there's no staff anywhere to edit this. And oh, now I'm doing jokes God. about a guy who just died. So, um, oh my we, God. we had that happen on our podcast. We pre taped uh, on three different episodes. We had things where people were talking about Prince. Yeah. And we had this guy uh, who was an Oscar winner from the Three Six Mafia and he had some story where like Prince was a jerk. And he was like, you know what? Fuck Prince. And then like it aired like a week after he died. And we're like, yeah. what? Oh, 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 oh I no. Oh, it's no good. Yeah. I know. I loved running the show because I knew how to run a show and it was really fun to pick all the material and I hired all the writers and I'm good at that. I, you know, I just, I knew it from uh, working at Letterman, what I liked. And when I read writer submissions, I went, Oh, that guy right there. What a fantastic joke. I'm never going to read that from anybody else. You know, yeah. it's coming yeah. off the onion. Let's let's, we brought him in from Canada. His name was Barry Julian. And I think now he's running Colbert, oh but um, that ended up being, that was the best part of the show is being in the writer's room picking the stuff and then going out and uh, having it written for you. I yeah. prefer that to stand up. I would sure. say like I'm kind of a TV comedian. Like I want to be reading the jokes that I worked on. I want to tell them once and hear the audience laugh and then move on to the next stuff. <laughs> sure, sure. No, right. I get, you know I what get I mean? That. Like, I mean, uh, on, on our show, um, we have like there's five guys you guys all kind of write the show mm-hmm. and then i i'll come up with a joke now and then you know for for something um but you know it took it took like six seven months of me doing the show to finally i mean because we do the show once a month so mm-hmm. i mean it took you know six or seven shows for me to figure out oh that's how i'm i'm supposed to do this right and, right and yeah. and like not and not like oversell the punchline or mm-hmm. not not even that or just sometimes like you know i would take too much time with stuff or right, right. Uh, or or introduce i'm like i i'm now going to do a monologue you know? <laughs> like i thought yeah. that was really funny to do that for a while and now <clears> i'm just like let's get into the news you guys yeah. want to hear about the news you guys want to hear about the and then everyone will go news and yeah. then i'll be like here's the first thing boom 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 joke 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 get through like five six jokes and then we always end our uh, monologue with something horrible happening to me usually right uh yep. like we've done it where i've said uh <laughs> uh you know man this uh 
<laughs> uh, if, uh, if if Donald Trump uh, ends up becoming the president, <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, this country is going to become the Andy Dick of the planet. Right. We're just going to stop being <laughs> invited to parties. Like, no one's going to want us to be anywhere. And then with that, Andy Dick stands up into the audience and he's like, how dare you, you son of a bitch, and like storms the stage and then he breaks a piece of the set and then takes a bow and we both bow and then, you know, and then we start the show. And it was like, it was fun because, you know, like with, you know, like I grew up watching Conan a lot. Like I loved watching Conan. Conan, mm-hmm. especially old weird Conan, where right. it's like he'd you know take the 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 desk for a drive you know mm-hmm, through Central mm-hmm. Park and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that, and um, you know <laughs> trying to find your own voice with things like yeah, that. Yeah, that and, stuff's uh, the best. And letting people write for you, like letting mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. write great jokes and then learning how to how to tell them. Yeah, know, and great. starting tangents, right? And just taking off, right? Exactly, <laughs> right? Right. Let's just write like, a just, lot about yeah. the desk. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. It's too much. Right. Well, um, the best was like we were given gifts sometimes, like you breaking your foot. Oh episode. yeah. And yeah, then yeah, I yeah. got to reenact him breaking his foot with action figures. He fell mm-hmm. off a stage for the next episode. Really? <laughs> I broke my foot at the top of the show during wow. the monologue wow. in front of 200 people. Oh my God. And then I crawled back to the desk. <laughs> and then I sat there and watched my foot just expand uh, while we did the show for two it's hours. It's like Guns N' Roses this year mm-hmm. yeah. in their tour. Yeah. 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 It was a whole Put thing. The cast on. Yeah, and everybody was work. like, "That was the that was the cool thing." Was is it like, what am I going to do? Get off the stage and end the show? It's like you have to stick in it. You mm-hmm. got to stay, and then you get that credit where everybody's like, "You yeah. stuck in, bro!" <laughs> Just like everybody's Axel. forgotten already. You're like, oh yeah, no, yeah, no yeah. one remembers that. Yeah, we either. <laughs> no, you're tougher you than Marilyn Manson. I went to yeah. a concert. Marilyn Manson broke his ankle after three songs, and he was like, "That's it, I'm out." Really? Like, Put on an air cast. You're you're doing songs about snorting coke with the devil or something. Like you got to be tougher than that. I mean, come on, go do some summon Satan. Take some drugs backstage. Mm-hmm. You're Marilyn Manson. Come on. Um, yeah. All right. So before we uh, before we wrap this thing up, we talked a little bit before the show yes. about uh, when you when you uh, are putting together an idea, you you pitch something to someone. Right. You go, hey, I've got this show or whatever. Right. They send you a a contract, some sort of thing for you to sign. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So um, it was uh, it was w- w- what did you call it? What's what's that thing called? Well, first let me set this up. Yes. Please. I started a production company a year ago, so I'm I'm making a lot of deals with talent. I'm, ta- I, I'm I've done this from all sides, but this production company has really given me a, a look at how business affairs works oh. and studios work and network presidents and the conspiring that goes on between <laughs> me, Spike, producer with my company and the network and uh, business affairs, which is now at this time pretty much overwhelmed, right? Mm-hmm, sure. So it, it, they keep consolidating and getting smaller. So now you've got one or two lawyers, let's say, taking care of all of Fox. (laughs) It's insane. And part of that becomes, you were saying you were, uh, someone had offered you a show. Right. And and the the, the initial terms were shocking and insulting. And, oh, my God, and let's not even... Right, and, yeah, the, like, and here's what I have to tell you. So, even, sure, sure, sure. And you know, it, this even with respect to Car Matchmaker, there's one release, and that release covers shows like uh, The Real Housewives, Beverly <laughs> Hills, to Car Matchmaker, a respectable, funny and car show, to you know, Louis the Crazy Barber, people that fight the family, whatever it is. Right. They part of what's going on now is consolidating paperwork. In other words, there's one deal they just send out. Sure. To everybody, no matter who you are, oh, including me. That's really interesting. <clears throat> so, yes, you look at it and you get a little angry. You talk tough to your agents and your lawyers, but they should be telling you 
that look just relax this is the kind of the form offer like unless you're louis ck they're gonna take a little special time with that you just have to go back to them with how what it should be well i think at the the time i just kind of had a uh, a lazy manager you know which happens in this town sometimes you end up with he just sounds inexperienced maybe well well, sometimes they just go We'll find somebody else. We'll, you'll do something else. When you know? I was negotiating a car matchmaker, yeah. I got uh, uh, the first part of that deal said, we're, we would like 10% of any uh, uh, any sort of uh, work you get based on car matchmaker. Like if you endorse a car or you do this or that, because we feel we're going to make your name a notable name. We're going to make you famous. Nobody else knows who you are, <laughs> right? That's essentially what they were saying. Right. Right? Yeah. They're forgetting that there's like 20 years yeah, of sure. my name's on TV yeah. all the time, and I've been on TV. It just came off a of Fox show, right? Right. So you, you look at that, y- yeah, you go, well, what the fuck is this? You get upset for a second, but then my lawyer is like, oh, this, you know, it's a housewife thing. That's, that's just their universal first offer. We'll educate them sure, and remind them. They go, and, and then what usually happens right after that is the business affairs person goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's not for you. We'll, we'll X that out. You mark up the contract and you just go to work. Oh, that's. But that have sounds- you ever been in the negotiation that doesn't upset you um ever well one that you i mean i've i've not you know like like to to be honest i haven't uh you know i mean like i haven't taken out a lot of projects i mean we i mean me and mike have a show that we have over at jim henson company and we've been there for like two years mm-hmm. like a scripted show and like we had to negotiate a little bit on it and there was some there was some like issues and stuff i think when we first started right but Aside from that, there's there hasn't been any other real shows that we've like worked really hard on and try to take out to the right. world. So I think, but even doing your animated thing, all of the terms yeah, for all of it, yeah, it I, can be. It's a bumpy ride is, every single it time. They, it's a bumpy when I'm negotiating on behalf of my production company. It's bumpy for me on that side, sure. And when I'm being asked to do so, it's bumpy. It's always. It's never not bumpy. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. They, it even came up with B movie. It came up like, <laughs> fuck, I got fucked on that deal. <laughs> Shit, really? Yeah, no, no, no. It makes it makes a lot of sense, man. I mean, look on all the acting stuff that I've done, mm-hmm. I've had a lawyer and a manager and an agent working everything, and, and they kind of keep me out of it. And they right. go, "We're going to yeah. get you the best deal we can get yes. you." And I, I just listen, and then I go, "Thank you." And then I go, and I that's do. That's good. My that's a good attitude thing. to have. Yeah, because I, I'm. By the way, that's what I did with B movie. I was just like, I don't care. I'm helping Jerry out. Whatever. <laughs> I, I was, Let's just I, do know, it. It's going to be fun i'm just always happy to like do to do shit you know right, yeah, right. Just happy to have a good time and then we're and i'm lucky enough with with this show with uh with nighttime show that we get to like you know i get to hang out with my friends and make fun weird shit yeah. on stage in front of uh just remember you're you're, you're the guys who make the content right. they can't do yeah. it without you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no matter you're what totally they say right. totally they right. cannot all right before we wrap up car matchmaker yes uh such an incredibly cool show how did Thank how you. did this come about it was just um I was helping friends find cars <laughs> someone said <laughs> Ellen Rakuten from Ellen Rakuten entertainment She's who, awesome who I helped yep. said uh, how'd you like to do it as a TV show and she said we could call it you're like a car matchmaker and I go that's a really stupid title but <laughs> I, I'll tell you I can sell it because it's a two-word self-explanatory thing and as long as you know the network lets me do it like shoot it like a letterman remote where i can just say whatever comes to mind and be funny then i'll totally do it because it's two worlds i like comedy and cars so Mm -hmm. we pitch them a really simple format buyer comes in i get to know him i show him three cars we drive them have fun in them and they pick one and then it's up to me just to add in 
the the comedy and it's never really scripted it's just it's it's kind of the stuff i did on my late night show man in the street it's just reacting in funny ways and saying hopefully what the audience is thinking or so uh, great. you know making them laugh and here we are in our third season and it's you know esquire network's cool they they let me uh create the show gave me a lot of creative uh freedom and you know let me help them educate them about cars and you know we're third season Amazing. Seinfeld's on this year. Keanu Reeves is on this mm-hmm. year. Oh CJ Wilson and the guys from the Lakers. And, you know, mostly normal folks. And um, whenever famous folks are on, I, I'm usually introducing the normal folks to the famous folks. Going. Sure. So we had yeah. a, a young lady who was getting her first motorcycle. And I said, I'll introduce you to Keanu Reeves. This guy's crashed a bunch. <laughs> he's, got oh his own, my God. he's got his own motorcycle company. He's making motorcycles right now. And, you know, let's go talk to him. So. You know, it's a great scene with her meeting Keanu and hearing about his crashes, which I didn't know about. <laughs> like, wow. Flying over a car and landing on his teeth and, you know, and advice on how, you know, not to let that happen to her. And then we saw the bikes and drove them. It, you know, it's really fun. Dream that's, job. That's Dream awesome. Job. Yeah, that's good. It. Good for you, man. That's so cool. Um, when wh- What time does it air? It's normally? Wednesdays, 9, 8 Central, 6 PST. Yeah. Six here, Six. I'm learning. Yes, <laughs> yes, I screw that up every season. But, you know, it's also on iTunes. It's on Amazon and Google Play. So Esquire you can get Network. it pretty much everywhere. Such a cool place. Cool. Those it's guys are fun. Awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Big drinking, lots of cigars, lots of really tiny suits and, you know, <laughs> manicured facial hair. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I'm they're not very, that guy. They're but, very but, cool you know, over there. They're, they're cool. Uh, they're really cool, and they're really into comedy. Like, yeah. I, I went over there with, with Ellen Rakuten. Right, right. And we ended up in this great conversation with uh with their guys where they just were like you stand up tell us about stand up yeah, i just want to hit they oh, love they it a lot they love to drink they to and they love to hear jokes but um it. yeah they, and they're looking to do comedy now so I love it's a good that. time hey so um tell uh tell everybody where else they can find you in the in the world um find me on my social media on uh, twitter instagram and facebook um all at spike ferriston easy there you go. That's where everything that I'm doing is channeled right now. I love it. <laughs> the, the car pictures are all on Instagram. The, uh, the the show information is all on Twitter, and the family fun and stupidity is on Facebook. Oh, I love you it. You can follow me there. I love it. You should uh, also check out on YouTube if you go to I think on Esquire's YouTube they have you talking about like specific cars. And yeah, yeah, like we did that too. Cars. Yeah, and then you can go to the Esquire page, and and they've got a lot of content that they're throwing up as well. Yeah, it's awesome. You should subscribe. The car stuff uh, tends to go viral. We just had a video go viral the other day with uh, C.J. Wilson. Just in one day, God. logged like six hundred thousand views of this P one. Just like it takes off out of nowhere. Just it depends on the car, you know. I the right it. car, the right guy. It just are shoots you around usually the world. surprised at the ones that take off versus like? Do you ever have one where you're like, "This is going to go viral for sure," and then it gets no, I never. You know, I never with anything, even comedy. You, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I can't predict it. You never know. You want to just get out there and hit balls, and then hopefully one goes over the fence. But um, we had one from last season that was a an 1100 horsepower minivan. That <laughs> whoa! <laughs> now you go well. Of course, it went viral. You know, two, yeah. two, two, two million hits. Later, I'm like, I want to see that. I'm like, yeah, it's I'm great. But then yeah. you know, at the time, I went, no, this is just cool. Let's just drive it and do some burnouts with the front wheels. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and talk about it and be funny. And that one went, took off too. So that's so great. It's cool. Great. Hey, Mike, where can they uh, find you in the world? Uh, at Mike Black Attack on all social media. Are you going to be uh, at Comic Con, Mike Black? No. Uh, yes, I am. Yes, you are. <laughs> are you looking forward to any specific toys at Comic Con? Uh, yeah. What He Man toys? Uh, they're well, they're not really doing any this year. They're oh. they just gave up on He Man. 
sad. I'm sorry. Sad for me. I'll be fine. I'm going to go through a small grieving process, <laughs> and then, then I'll be all right. He, he uh, could use a hug, hug spike. He probably could. No, there's a Transformer. There's a Bumblebee that's exclusive to Comic-Con that I'm very excited about. And uh, I share that enthusiasm with four people in Japan. And, uh, boy, me and Wang and Eddie are super, super stoked about it. And Those that's about are, it. Is there a shrine? Yeah. There yeah. is? Is it your apartment? Uh, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Oh, it's, cool. it's like half hoarder, half museum it's just like the car thing i'll tell you it's yeah. the same bug. I'll tell you, Mike, how many cars of, do you have how many cars I don't know, do you have? seven or eight Amazing. so but it doesn't i mean as far as just like looking at stuff and wanting it it's yeah. the same yeah. as no i know Mike, Wim, you, you, some, you, my wife with her shoes him with his dolls <laughs> like it's yeah. an obsession oh, yeah. there's that so thing i get where, it i get it yeah you're just like no nope, but he man that. is that what i should be looking up today <laughs> <laughs> yep I, 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 I want I want yeah, one. Go on my Instagram. It's pretty, I'm in. Yeah. It, it's amazing. What about so my, you? So my clean up the hoarding a little bit. You could date Glickman's mom. Hey, Yay. there you go. Date my mom. That, that'll work you out. You totally do. That would be awesome. Oh, God bless I'm my in mom. favor of that. I would love to see that happen. Oh, Matt. The weirdest matchmaking ever. <laughs> Why is this happening to my poor mom? All right. Tell me, Matt, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at funnymat.com. All my links are there. Or if you were annoyed by all the things I had to say today, let me know at mattwalkersucks.com. Which is a great website where really? you can go and uh, I put all my hate mail on there. Yeah, you can read all the hate mail of all the people that. Hate so you Matt started it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I started. Oh, wow. I don't care. I don't sense if somebody wants to send something in. If they don't like me, like the only times I don't put stuff up is if it's not mean enough. Like if something's boring. Like oh, you suck. Oh, like, you're who really cares? trolling now for some mean <laughs> comments. <laughs> Jesus. You've got some mean stuff. on yeah. there. What's your favorite mean one that's on there? Uh, mm. I. There was one where somebody called me a Horton Here's a Who looking motherfucker. <laughs> which was one of my all time favorites. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. a Chris Brown. I made some joke about Chris that's, Brown on Twitter that's and then one pretty of his good. fans were yeah. like, Fuck you, you Horton Here's a Who looking motherfucker. Wow. And I was like, Oh, that's a spectacular. So good. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, own it. Own that's it. Good. You got to. Yeah. I yep. love it. That's you fantastic. know, you can always get me at Stephen Glickman, S T E P H E N Glickman on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, and then don't forget to subscribe to the Nighttime Show podcast. Mm-hmm. Leave comments. Uh, rate the show, uh, tweet it, post it, send it to your friends. And, uh, and yeah, that's... Uh, and you know what? When me and Glickman's mom date, we can oh. have Spike back <laughs> totally. to find the car that we make out yes. in. It'll, oh, yeah. Wow, that would be Hello. so great. Yeah. Spike, I hope you'll be here for that. <laughs> El Camino. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Under the stars. Because she's classy. For her. Just for her. Uh, thank you so much, Spike. It's really incredible to be Amazing. able to sit down with you. and uh, Thanks, guys. You know, no, lot, thanks lot for having me. It's a lot of fun. About. Yep. Can't wait. And... Uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, goodbye, uh, nighttime show listeners. Oh.